previously on X-Men. That's right, everyone. We're back for another X-Men-themed episode of Never Watch Alone, formerly Comtrack. I always want to make sure I get back. It is a Marvel movie of the month with Mark, and um, I should just jump, get for the jump. Audience, this may be one of your last times with me here for a little while. I've got a lot of projects gearing up that are taking my attention, and I love Tim, and I love this project, uh, but... All movies are really long, and it's getting increasingly hard to find three hours of my schedule <laughs> repeatedly. So I'll be back one day. But for now, let me introduce some people here. Uh, with me is the genius behind this, Tim. Hey. Hello, Tim. I, you know, I'm actually kind of surprised that you say you still love me after I torturously made you sit through Fant Stick and Howard the Duck. I, actually, I'm pretty sure, folks, that's exactly the reason well, why uh, he was absent for March. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. And that's absolutely why I was absent. And, uh, you know, I didn't want to talk about the grievances on air because now they're going to think that's also why I'm leaving. <laughs> it totally would have been a great thing. Oh, my God. Although, in all fairness, even if it weren't. It's going to be fun. The... I can't wait to tell everybody what I act. I'm in that awkward phase of this. Yeah. I'm so sorry about you saying No, I was going to say, like, uh, there's so, uh, uh, it's so funny because I'm like, even if you didn't have, like, all this stuff in the horizon, it would have been so hilarious if that was the reason you were gone. And everyone would have been like, oh, of course yeah, that's like, why. Yeah, look. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't have three hours, and I'm definitely not filling those three hours I would find with Howard the friggin' Duck. Yeah, this is totally the reason why. But I only uh, said that so I could offend our other co-host today, by yes. the way. Yes. Uh, hi, Sean. What's up? As well, always. I got to give it up for Sean. Sean is back. You'll re you'll remember him from other episodes of Never Watch Alone. He also did the uh, previous X-Men episode with us. So I'm excited to yell things at Sean. What's up, Sean? Excelsior! Let's yeah. do this! <laughs> yeah, hey, dude. If I'm taking over, we're going to do it right, even though this movie had a lack of the, the great Stan Lee. Oh, oh no, dude. It's so weird. This is one of the few mo Marvel movies without a Stan Lee cameo. And, you know, it's apparently it's like, yeah, no one asked me to do it. I'm like, where the hell were you, singer? God damn, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, again, though, early on hadn't become standard at this point. So, you know, I want to do the the typical what we do on Never Watch Alone. What were your guys' first experiences with this movie? Yeah. Oh, I had an amazing time with this. I think this is an early uh, midnight screening for me. Oh, shit. Son. Okay. Uh, Those are the good old days, yeah. 2003. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, literally, I mean, this was definitely a midnight screening for me. And, you know, he brought up 2003. So I, I, I will, let me, I'm a little older here. I will put this in, in the context of time. So this, 2003 was my sophomore year going into my junior year of college. And what a time to be uh, a nerd in film i mean yeah. that yeah. year return of the king comes oh, out yeah. the second two matrix movies movies drop pirates yep, of the caribbean right. drops yep uh freaking and then you know this in the this starting early in the year uh you know one of the so it, it was just like that whole year was just nothing but like movie delightfulness for us nerds which i i unashamedly was is forever will be so, seeing this movie 
as kind of like the kickoff to all that shit coming for that year. You almost forget how good this movie was because you just got bombarded by everything else thereafter. Oh, yeah, honestly. I still feel like you can tell how... No, go ahead, Mark. Well, I just meant like within that year. I mean, anytime you revisit this, I mean, this is basically, I would call the perfect sequel to... Uh, it, yeah, hundred really percent it was. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. This was one of the first ones I think to drop a really solid Easter egg too, and not even an Easter egg. I mean, the, at this point, it was probably an Easter egg, but uh, it was the uh, the Dark Phoenix thing. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, that's totally true. I mean, great build up. I mean, unfortunately, they ended up with piss poor execution when they got to that. Yeah, but... when Brett Ratner took over, man, that was. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Uh, I, I'll look. There are parts of X Men Three that I kind of like, like particularly how they handled the cure part of that story arc. But holy shit, the Phoenix Saga, I cannot defend, man. That's, oh sure, that's yeah, oof. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, man, X Two, like that, because uh, you know this is around the time when I was really starting to get into my geekery, you know, in like uh, late middle school and whatnot, because. I'm the baby of the batch, if you haven't noticed. Um, so uh, I actually got the first two X-Men DVDs at the same time. So I actually got the chance to watch them back and back to back. Uh, and that was kind of my first bit. And it wasn't until I, I think uh, X-Men 3 was the first one that I saw in theaters, which I know all of both of you and everyone else, you know, all the other X fans that are listening to this are like, oh, you poor soul. <laughs> so uh but yeah man like i only had the uh, the dvds when i was a kid just to start out with this and that was like my first major uh well outside of the animated series uh both the 90s one and evolution which was on at the time when i was a kid uh those were my main introductions to the x-men so that that, it's it's still really cool and you know it's it really is kind of crazy how much this movie kind of holds up like uh, I have. It's been forever since I've watched it. How, I don't. Know, how long has it been since you guys watched it? Oh, I mean, just I, a few months for me. I did a refresher. I randomly so. did an X Men rewatch. Mm. Yeah, man. Uh, hey, what, what was your uh, midnight experience though, uh, Mark? Because uh, I hear those are always a, a really good time. Well, Sean and I, I think, are very close in age. Yes. Um. So it was a very good time to be alive. Oh, like yeah. the 2002 to 2005 ish run oh, for nerd yeah. culture was kind of amazing. It really? Uh, was. If you really look and like some things weren't perfect. No. You know, I mean, but like at the same time, you still got a lot of great things during this era. I think X3, X2 rather is like. I think X2, almost more than some of the other movies, really cemented it's like that this was going to be a coming force. Yeah. And I'm willing to bet it bolstered the success of Spider-Man 2, which came the following year. Yeah, it, it You know, and it I think it was to. like... Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it was... And it was great. I mean, I think it's well made. I think most of it holds up. My main complaints about these X-Men movies stand. Not enough Cyclops. Too much Wolverine. Yeah. Too beautiful of a Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. But I, Sean made the comment about it being a perfect sequel. And he's right. It, it really is. It's like, it, it's not the same as the first movie. No. It expands the universe. It expands the characters. It does everything you want a great sequel to do. Totally. I mean, so you know. When it, when or, it comes. What's up? <sighs> no, I was saying, when it comes to midnight show wins, location is kind of key. Uh, so the benefit of this time period for me, being in college 
at where my college was located. So you have the college kids going to this theater because it's the closest theater. So we're all going to it. But it's also, you know, in an affluent area, uh, suburbs of the city I was living in at the time, which was Dayton, by a mall. So it's like, you're not oh, only yeah. having this awesome group of college kids. Like, this is where the like the people who have money and the early cosplayers are coming out yeah. and doing stuff. Yeah. So um, you have that. Yeah, you have like that whole level of of fandom going on. So I I mean literally every midnight movie I went to in college, there's someone dressed up. Oh, so it was just yeah. a blast every that's, time. That's how you you know I actually remember going to the uh, the midnight premiere of the Avengers in I think it was my second year of college and i dressed up as world war ii captain america granted there were a couple of other cosplayer people there but they were in shitty halloween gear and mine was by far the coolest and i got a whole bunch of pictures with people oh dude anytime you go to a midnight movie for a comic book movie uh dress your best because you will get a bunch of kodak moments at least until you know, you know when that's we can fun but go back to theaters you know <laughs> I mean, I'm always going to dunk on you on this because my Avengers experience was better. Uh, we'll bring that up when I we got do the Avengers episode. The... Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll, like, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Oh, for sure, dude. We'll bring on a guest star to boot. Why not? All right. So you guys ready to get this movie started, man? Because I'm excited to start this movie. Cause let's been... do it. Yeah, let's do it. So folks home. If you're listening, uh, this movie is available on Disney Plus with a subscription. So if you, if you want to check it out on streaming, it is on Disney Plus because, hey, the mouse owns everything. Lol. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, don't even get me started. The whole Fox buyout. Oh. I'm curious for our future. Oh, tell me about it. Hey, Mark, since this is kind of, sort of, not really your last episode, you want to count this one down? Yes, I do. Oh, and actually, yeah. can we pause for one quick second? Because my TV is freaking out suddenly oh, and just froze no. up as soon as I went to click play. Technical difficulties. It's fine. It'll be fine. Womp, womp on the air. Womp. Yeah, right. <laughs> See, this is one day. You know, a lot of people, I'm sure, are perceptive like, oh, you guys must do this in a studio. We don't. We're do we do this on our desks at our shitty ass offices and uh, and uh, low budget hey, kind of shit hey, here yet yet oh di yeah you know what that's one right. day we, we will don't do it will. in a studio yet we're we, ambitious yet. yes we're ambitious awesome. and we're here for the all right guys action. i got it worked out though yeah let's do this mark counter down the passion of the x-men here we go all right everyone we're gonna get that countdown going here we go in three two one play yeah 20th century watch Fox. the x baby oh, yeah, watch dude. the x the x is oh, oh i actually love this tradition with the 20th century fox logo man good shit there it is <laughs> love it oh and of course the, the remember the kids this this was the uh, early Marvel logo before it was like, you know, four minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> I always love that logo. I think they kept it. They kept it a long time, which is pretty gnarly. Yeah, it is. It's kind of crazy how little yeah. it's changed. 
I love that they did a riff on Star Trek here briefly, you know, where it's like looks like space and he's doing the <laughs> captain's log. <laughs> it's totally you know? yeah. like, yeah, it's, that's totally Jean-Luc Picard right there, man. Do, 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 do. The next generation theme would start playing. And once again, he's Day to be thinking he's he, <laughs> one, once again, Jean-Luc Picard slash Professor X is woke as fuck. Speaking of. <laughs> I always said that if I was an adult film star, I would go by the name Jean-Luc Dickhard. <laughs> oh, my God. You got. OK, so if there's a porno like company out listening to these, which I doubt, but that would be amazing. Hire if they did. me. Well, don't hire me. I don't think just hire you as a writer that line uh, of work uh, this late the, in the game. No, seriously, just hire you on as yeah. a writer. Yeah, absolutely. That would totally work. Yeah, <laughs> I'll definitely give a little depth to to pr the proceedings. Yeah. If you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that'd be fucking great. Oh shit! Oh, okay. All right, and now yeah. outside of my porn aspirations, this scene fucking rules. Yes, it and does. I do. I, you know, the only thing I thought was heavy-handed in my rewatch is when they have him pose like presidents here in a minute. Oh. That was funny. When they're like, oh, look, Nightcrawler is John F. Kennedy or whatever the fuck. Yeah, no, actually, I really <laughs> like, like that, that image This is a such lot. a cool scene. Mm. Yeah. Dude, th what's crazy about how cool this sequence is is um, that this was 2003, and we were not getting interesting action scenes like this, especially not really in nerd culture. No. You know what no. I mean? So, yeah, it, apparently... They were so detailed on recreating the Resolute desk that it took them two months oh, to actually build that that desk like effing yeah. perfect. Damn. Insane. Oh, right? here it is. Here it is. Like, <laughs> yeah, I actually I actually really kind of dig that shot. It's kind of cool. It's a little pretentious, a little stupid, but it's, it's nonetheless really cool. But it's not as cool as the rest of the sequence because i'm just like what are the parallels they're trying to draw there though <laughs> like that's the question i'm just like uh, they just well, the, the parallels are they keep showing assassinated presidents oh, like they really oh, focus going to assassinate someone. they focus on lincoln he's about to go attempt an assassination i mean there's oh, that's good cool. okay i'll take that that makes sense thank that's you sean cool. glad you're here that's cool uh <laughs> now can we kind of maybe can we i don't know because it's really hard to say but um, having seen most of the X-Men films myself, uh, I think this kind of mm -hmm. is probably the strongest opening to any X-Men film. Oh, yeah. Because hot damn. I love that shot oh. of uh, creepy Nightcrawler there yeah. with, the, uh, with like the flower on his face. Also, can we talk so, about so how while, low is While Scarface? these are faithful recreations of the White House hallways, they actually widened them to make it easier to shoot the action. Well, of course. I mean, that's just how you, you, you work with That's sets. really smart. Yeah. But can we talk well, right, about but... how that they absolutely 100% nailed the Banff? sound effect of nightcrawler's teleportation oh yeah dude like that is exactly how i would imagine the bamf because that's how it always was in the comics man and when you hear that it's like oh that's fucking cool oh shit what's gonna happen <laughs> plot twist yeah. nightcrawler i don't i always wondered about that like, what is the black void he became there? Uh, isn't he? Well, I mean, obviously, it's never really explained in these movies, sadly, which would have been kind of fucking cool. But doesn't he, like, get teleport? Like, whenever he teleports, 
he actually teleports to an alternate, like weird, de like devil landscape dimension. Uh, and but yeah, he moves it looks like a demon so, dimension. But um, he moves through so fast that he doesn't ever know it. Oh, this shit is cool. Yeah, imperceptibly. This shit is so. So cool. something that I want to note here is that they uh. Uh, the oh. the director decided to have a little chat with one of the most prolific uh, Nightcrawler writers to ask if there was anything he knew about the character that like wasn't in the comics or anything. And do you know what he told them? What? Oh, you know how he has like those you know like the two digits on his hands and his feet. Yeah, he's got double genitalia. What? <laughs> Hell yeah, double header. So, yeah, yeah, like oh. that was just kind of thrown out there. Like what? You can tell this movie was in 2003 because Wolverine's wearing boot-cut jeans, by the way. <laughs> hey, don't don't hate on the boot-cut. Don't hate on the boot-cut. No, I'm not. I'm just saying that was when it really first came into style, and I remember in the theaters being like, motherfucker, that's why it's, the Wolverine's too handsome. Wait for this next shot. They, like, model him up here in one of these shots. He stares at the camera, and he's, like, straight up, like, Abercrombie Wolverine. It is fucking hysterical to me every time i see it oh, yeah. and for whatever reason it was like the one day hair and makeup fucked the hair up a little bit yeah, <laughs> yeah there so it it's is. really tall <laughs> yeah look at that that hair uh, is a little weird well, isn't it well what it could be so i know like some of the uh later shots in this movie like when they were having to do the reshoots uh for or you know certain scenes he was then working on van helsing and he had long hair so they had yeah. to put his wig on over his long hair. Yep. So for some shots, that's why it looks substantially bigger. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Van Helsing. Uh, so by the way, I learned something really interesting about this. This movie arguably may have saved um, Halle Berry's career. Oh really? I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. Her career was going. Her career was going great at this point. But she dropped out of Geely to make this. Oh, Jesus Christ. That is so, so slow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Gobble, gobble. So it's like, ooh, lucky move there, honey. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that's actually a really cool crossfade. It is, but at the same time, I mean, I also like the fact that it's like, they're cutting from Wolverine to a wolf, and you just hear Neanderthals. It's uh, like, well, yeah. you said it. <laughs> I guess, well, I guess this just ties into the whole thing where, uh, ne you know, Wolverine needs to look like a Neanderthal. Okay, so this was 2003. <laughs> he is. So that See, kid, that's totally right. That that kid is probably now, like, almost in his 30s now. Uh, can you imagine what sex with his girlfriend must be like now? <laughs> <laughs> like, good God, that's got to be... That's... Uh, by, by, by that definition, Toad should be the pimp of the mutant world. <laughs> Wait, that was supposed to be Toad? No, but think about Toad and his tongue. Oh, okay. Now, actually, yeah, that, that, well, that still does add up. <laughs> Who was that kid though? Cause I remember when I was watching this with my dad years ago, uh, and we're like, Hey, and my dad's like looking at me cause I'm the comic book nerd. And he's like, who is that supposed to be? And I'm like, I have no fucking clue. He's like, is that his only power? Just as like mutant tongue. Is that it? Is that like the extent of his powers? No, I mean, he's just I, got a mutant tongue. No, I, I also, I mean, as much as they put a lot of recognizable characters in here, if that's based off one specific one, I have no idea. I, I neither do I, man. 
They had time to put in. I mean, uh, there are Ricky. so many mutants throughout the comic book universe that it's like, good luck. <laughs> True. It's just I'm like a little disappointed that, you know, like we we have screen time for Freaky Tongue Boy, but not Gambit. <laughs> like, that's that's yeah. kind of lame. Well, that got cut. I, I, I heard and like, I, mean, I filmed, only have time they, they for Freaky it, Tongue but... Boy. <laughs> Look, that they give you so a tease bad, of it. And, and, and look, one of the, again, one of the things that, one of the reasons it's such a good sequel is they pick one new character to really focus on. I, I, you know, on the hero side being Nightcrawler and they give you nice cameos and stuff of other ones. Um, or, you know, I guess two technically, cause you kind of get pyro doing a lot here, but, um, you know, everybody else, it's kind of like, we're going to give you cameos. We're going to give you some of them. But, like, we can't fit them all into the story. Like, we don't have a logical way to bring them in. So they give you more, but they do it in a way that actually works for the story rather than just doing too much, which I think is very important. Yeah, I love the Colossus sequence, for example, for that very reason where you're like, oh, look, I just saw, like, uh, you saw Colossus, you saw Siren, you get all these, like, quick cameos, and you get that kind of fan service shit that you need or right. you won as a fan, right? Oh but gosh, I also... mean, I was so happy there was Kitty Pride. Like, come yeah. on, exactly. Yeah, so awesome. Now, okay, I don't. I always was confused about this skill with Xavier having the ability to stop time or whatever. Yeah. Like, so, apparently, fun fact: it, it most. Feels... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, most of the actors they got for these sequences were people who were either either practiced in mime or being human statues. So they were used to standing incredibly still. <laughs> that's so cool. Which I'm that like, you know, that's super cool. Right? Like, what a great way to do casting. Like, you're just grabbing people who it's like, oh, you already do this. Let's go. Yeah, for real. Right. There he is. Win the chair. So smart. Um, Jean-Luc Picard. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Engage. But... But no, how fucking how uh, so like before like they all turned to you know human statues here, how easy would it have been to just throw Stanley somewhere in this crowd? I mean honestly, how how it would have been so easy. Well yeah. They didn't ask him. How dare they? Well, they, I know the makers of this movie. And it had not. Well, it had, and again, this is only the the third of the modern Marvel movies, really. Um, so or. So it's like, well, it wasn't that established at this point. Yeah, still. Just like, come on. <laughs> oh, no, no, I agree. I would have loved to have seen him in here. But it's one of those things where it's like it hadn't become quite the tradition yet. So it sucks that he wasn't. But it's not such a faux pas as like, oh, you left him out of like this movie that he should have been in because he's been in like the last 10. Yeah. Yeah. A little too much foe, a little too much pa, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you gotta love that they always give Professor Xavier all the uh, the wonderful exposition dialogue. Because, after all, if you're gonna have anyone really do the exposition, it's gonna be Patrick Stewart. I mean, come on. That's, 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 that's just the logical way to go. I find this highly logical, you guys. <laughs> 
Oh, and shit, here he is. Can we, can we talk about Brian Cox's amazing performance in this movie? Hannibal Lecter oh, himself, so amazing. man. It's fucking awesome. It, he is just, he's just got the creep, one of the creepiest cadences, I think. That's so diabolical and so charming. You know, in a weird way, I can kind of see, like, maybe if there was a Superman movie of the 90s, he would have been an amazing Lex Luthor. Huh. I could say, yeah, I mean, he, he plays the, you know, clandestine kind of like authoritative, but with like deep knowledge, don't cross me edge guy so damn well. Like, and, oh, and you know what? I'm I'm glad he has had a, as substantial a career as he's had. Oh, totally. Because the, that, that being able to nail that kind of character is rare and... It, yet it's so necessary in so many different genres and films. So, yeah. And he's so good at it. I also think he's a pretty. He's done some funny stuff too. Every so often, where I'm like, "What a weird play." I think he's just probably super talented. Yeah, no, yeah. that's that's totally the case. Plus, so, uh, it, as it, a as an actor, and, Mark, I'm pretty sure you can understand. There is nothing that compares to the power of a paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> also though this is one of the i think this is the first time he got to work with one of his dear friends he's actually in real life good friends with patrick stewart i i honestly did not know that's that. super cool i'm not surprised though patrick stewart just seems fucking awesome for real and i know he and ian mckellen are tight oh yeah and i just oh, love yeah. the idea that it's just patrick stewart and his homies on set of these yeah for oh, real, yeah. man oh dude chilling behind the scenes for movies like this must have been amazing Can't even imagine. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we, we have some talks to be had about behind-the-scenes stuff when we get to the get to the right scenes. There's some hilarious behind-the-scenes stuff to talk about for this movie. You're... I'm excited to learn that. Little handshake. I like that little hand... How her handshake is super, like, like a death grip. She's Lady Death Strike. <laughs> Lady Death Grip, dude. Oh, shit. We're escalating to war. The funny you know, thing is, is thing. the yeah. age disparity right. he's implying when those actors are actually, like, only a few months apart in age. Eh, happens all the time in movies. Uh, but I just, because uh, my dad was always, uh, I think the first time I popped this in, because we watched the first X-Men together, uh, and he's like, hey, wait a minute, what the hell is this guy doing here? I thought he died in the last movie. And then as soon as Mystique flashes her eyes, he's like, oh, <laughs> okay, that makes sense now. Because, God, I, yep. I miss watching movies with my dad. I need to uh, kick back and watch uh, Star Trek ne Next Generation with him. Because he's a huge Trek fan. I, I, you know, and now that I think about it, I think that's 90% of the reason why he watched the X-Men movies. He's like, oh, Jean-Luc Picard's Professor X? I'm in. What perfect <laughs> casting, though. Oh, yeah. Okay, how rude is that handshake? Like, I know the dude can, like, heal and shit, but... 
if that was any other person, he would have like permanent frostbite because of that. But he knows he can heal, so he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, well, it's still painful and kind of still kind of a dick move. Eh. Well, not gonna lie, I do really love how in I in this movie they totally submit to uh, the one. <laughs> I think uh, the. Uh, the the way that Pete Holmes described it was the bitch who can cool my drinks. <laughs> they actually had that little bit in here. <laughs> they totally have that bit with Iceman in here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I gotta say, Iceman's overall development through the comics has been fantastic. You know, from him going to being a bitch boy to like, <laughs> an omega level mutant who you realize can freeze atoms and stop time you're like oh shit like okay <laughs> <laughs> oh dude look, there, there was i mean you know you mentioned the x-men comics back in the day uh, sorry the x-men cartoon you know that time period where you know claremont started where they were doing you know x-men and and uncanny x-men at the same time that run of comics combined with you know in, in both those books for for a good strong years there were just wonderful then you had the great cartoon then leading into these movies it was just an ideal time to be an x-fan yeah i believe it man as long as you want professor gandalf <laughs> wow <laughs> I'm horrible on this. This show. is such a cool set design. It is though, yeah. I yeah. Love, I actually, yeah. this is probably one of the cool, uh, coolest sets of the whole the, the whole show, honestly. So yeah. actually, you know, prop boy over there, you'll appreciate this. What's yeah. Uh, it wasn't specifically uh, designed off this movie, but they because they just bought something that was on the market um, to use for this movie. But I actually have that glass chess set. Oh, right on. Oh, that's so cool. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, let, let's meet up and let's pretend to be best frenemies and talk about the future and mutant society. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. They're doing the Weapon X program. But this is one of the few misses of the movie. His glasses are metal framed. And he's talking to Magneto. Are you sure? The scan metal? should have picked it up. That's one of the few misses. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. Whatever. I love this dialogue here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I, that's one of my favorite bit like exchanges between these two. Oh yeah. And a hard, like a hardcore badass. You gotta show how hardcore he is. Puts out his own cigar in his hand. But it's cool because he can heal. Personally, I would have liked a crow reference. Just do it right on his tongue. <laughs> That's what he should have done. <laughs> so I said I would have preferred that. <laughs> I kind of preferred the way they showed Cerebro's effects in the first movie. Really? I like this one a lot better. Yeah. Is that a nerdy thing to say? Uh, I just like the fact that it's kind of like uh, a globe in here, 
and how you can actually kind of see the lights of the humans and the mutants. Like, I thought that was a really cool idea and not just, like, you know, mist and smoke and shit. Like, I don't know. The first one felt kind of cheap to me. This feels like the logical next step in the evolution, if you will. Um, but I'm curious to know. Uh, I you, can see that. That's a good point. Yeah, but I'm curious to know uh, your reasoning why you uh, prefer the, the original Cerebro because I find that really I interesting. I think, you know, I kind of like the idea that it felt more magical in a weird way. <laughs> like, it's nice that you can see the globe, but in a weird way, it's like, I, and I get that it would be useful, but, all, you know, in the comics, they never really showed you how there was any function. It was just that it worked in his, it just amplified his powers, really. Oh, okay, I gotcha. So this is like the first time I really remember the, the Cerebro thing being visualized at all. And I love the room design. I love the, you know, the overall design of everything. Yeah. I always just was like, oh, okay, so now it's just red and blue lights, and that's what he does? Like, can he just have a map? I don't know. It's, I know it's like a stupid complaint. But the other one was just like, all right, let's blast through this weird gateway to all these milky silhouette people. And then, um, you know, I don't know where I was going at the end. I lost my train of thought. But milky silhouette people, really, that's my new band. Okay, cool, man. Well, put that on your bumper sticker. Please. <laughs> Our first album's called Better Cerebro. Yo, that's actually a pretty good title. So, one of the fun behind the scene things I can kind of mention at any point that involves Wolverine. So, Hugh Jackman's sister visited the set one day, and the makeup team decided to put her in full Wolverine makeup. <laughs> and apparently, she looked very similar to him. So, she's walking around there to the point where Brian didn't know she was visiting the set, and he was like, It's like, does, does Hugh seem off today? <laughs> like he didn't even realize it wasn't him he just thought he was acting weird oh man i didn't know they looked that i didn't know uh that is incredible I, w I was hoping you were gonna say they'd shoved her in a shot no yeah not that i know of but like enough that her presence on set confused him and he's like is she acting odd today? <laughs> like... I, I had no idea that uh hugh jackman's sister looked so much like a young clint eastwood <laughs> Well, I mean, you put that much facial hair on somebody. That's that's very fair. Yeah, everybody will look like young Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Just give him a forty-four Magnum. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Here, okay. So you meant we mentioned a little bit about Easter eggs in these movies and how they wanted I love to this. shove a little bit more. Dude, oh, you pay God, attention to so like, many Easter eggs here. So much shit. Like, it, and this is a really great place to shove it. Just like all this shit on the uh, on the. Uh, the computer and when she's searching through the files this shot was cool but, how it but, just transitions oh, this was a hundred percent like the one where we all just when we got the dvd like we paused it and we're just looking at it with a fine tooth comb yeah or uh did, well, did this come Too out funny. on vhs i'm thinking about how this is i think so because if it did that would have been a really bitch and a half to pause. i'm thinking about how <laughs> They show so many of those. Yeah, so many. It names. reminds me kind of of the um, the scene in Winter Soldier where Jasper Sitwell it just starts naming off random yeah. metas. Yeah, and he's like Stephen Strange. Bruce and you're, and like, I know we all did the same shit there. <laughs> oh, 
Well, you know. Or uh, when yeah. uh, Hydra is uh, starting to target all these individuals that are against Hydra, and you're like, oh, who is that? Who is that? Who is that? Oh, look, it's that person. It's that person. It's just like, oh, man, that's really fucking cool. Oh, this that early CG modeling for Cerebro. Exactly. That's so cool. Cerebro 2. Oh, shit. You so unlike the shit. first movie... It only took five hours for her to get into Mystique makeup in this movie instead of seven to eight. <laughs> oh, yeah, because then they, like, uh, CG your eyes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure she, although I, I can imagine by the end of this, she's like, I'm not sitting in that makeup chair anymore, <laughs> which I totally understand. <laughs> I, I really do. Yeah, it, it, it is a commitment for sure. Oh man, you gotta love the uh, the old days of uh, doing hard copies. <laughs> she didn't just have a. I get. Well, I mean, you could argue that she did ha did have a spot for a flash drive to steal all that data, but uh, it would have been um, nature's uh, pocket, if you will. <laughs> Although I do like this little bit here where uh, <laughs> where he he or she changes into the the janitor. And you can clearly see that he's got uh, the 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 the, uh, the the papers inside so the uh, the trash can. I, I, yeah, I'm fairly certain that's Deathstrike's only line of dialogue in the whole movie. Really? Get out! Uh -huh. That makes perfect sense, honestly. Boss, back to Boston. And here we're going to have, like, a Matt Damon I love cameo, that. The right? nature laughs, laughs, like, <laughs> great mutant, great mutant, uh, like, X-Men graffiti to throw out there. Yeah, for real, dude. Although, now that we're in Boston, uh, can, and since Mark, uh, he's such a big fan of doing Marvel cameos now, <laughs> can we have a cameo for Matt Damon? <laughs> 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 Who do you guys think will be the next constant cameo in those movies? Uh, I know Ryan Reynolds has expressed. I'm not sure whether or not he was joking or not, but he would like Deadpool to just appear in all the Marvel movies just to, as a cameo. You know who I would be okay with? Who's that? Joe. Who? Uh, Joe Quesada? Joe Quesada. Oh, yeah, man. He'd be kind of yeah. cool. I think, I think he has spent enough time shepherding... Uh, marvel and done enough and written for enough different characters that like i'd be all right with that i could get into that i keep thinking it should be a cg character so they can't die in real life <laughs> there you go well uh, well then i'm gonna suggest howard the duck you motherfucker I'd be into that <laughs> you motherfucker <laughs> Or you know what? How about uh, that's how we bring him back just, into the uh, public lexicon. Either that, or just like one of the watchers. Because <laughs> why not? That's yeah, that would actually kind of and that would actually kind of carry over from Stan Lee because Stan Lee was with the Watchers and Guardians too. That'd be kind of cool. So interesting. Somebody who auditioned for the role but didn't get it. Who man? What a weird position that would have been. Neil Patrick Harris oh, wanted dude. to be Nightcrawler. I would have. I would have been good. Like that a lot. Not gonna lie. I mean, he would have been good, but like, I, I really think that you know Cummings did a great job here. 
Yeah, he did. Although he was really pissed but, off about know, the makeup. That makeup right there. Spe- yeah. Well, yeah, ten show. hours. He's like, I'm not coming back for this. <laughs> Which uh, again, I don't really blame Do him you know at all. Really... But I kind of wish we had more Nightcrawler. Man, Nightcrawler is one of my favorites. Oh, I mean, yeah, I can agree. He is great here. Um, you know what? Non so much actor person really campaigned hard to be in this movie. Who they were just like, no. Who? Shaquille O'Neal. What? Really wants oh, to be in awesome. this movie. <laughs> <laughs> we do not need any Shaq Fu in this. But he movie. has to play the genie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, you know what? Make him. You know, it'll be like just a bitch slap of casting. Make Shaq fucking Gambit. Oh, God, no. That would be awful. Can you even imagine? No, I don't want to oh. imagine. I, I've already seen Shaq Fu I, and Kazam. I don't need him in my X-Men movies, especially since after this oh. movie, they kind of took a bit of a nosedive. I mean, th- look, the X-Men movies have been so all over the place. And right here, as you can see, uh, this X- Wolverine origin not only is rampant in all of them, it got its own movie practically. <laughs> um, but they've been so all over the place. It's But, yeah, this kind of was the yeah, peak, peak uh, of it for a while. First, yeah, First Class is kind of like the, the only other one I really enjoyed after this one. I really enjoyed Logan and uh, Days of Future Past. Um even though it was a lot different, I still really like Days of Future Past a lot. But that's that's only I enjoy Days of Future it, Past. I don't think it's quite as good. And who doesn't love Logan? Let's yeah. be real. <laughs> yeah, for real. Logan is a goddamn masterpiece, actually. Oh, I love this little bit here. I think I'm with Sean on that list. What about you? That's <laughs> so fucking Yeah, crazy. I think Days of Future Past is one of those ones where it's like, you can enjoy it and like it, but also accept the fact that it is deeply flawed. Yes. It's also not a good, it's just not a good days of future past, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. It, it, yeah, you're right, but it kind of <laughs> makes up for it by hijacking the exact same plot as Terminator 2. <laughs> I always, one of the biggest tells that that movie was made by Suits is that. Wolverine, the only member oh, of the wait. team who doesn't age, is the only member who visibly ages just because they wanted you to be like, it's just like the comic book cover. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, right there, man, was uh, Iceman doing his, the, what he does best, making everyone's drink a little bit better. <laughs> so dumb. Nice shades, bruh. Why doesn't Cyclops ever have, so, like, uh, a band on the back in case they wind up falling off? So, even those shades there, they were made by Oakley, just like the sunglasses he wears. Oh, really? They just had him do it all. Oh, okay. Yep. Cool. Man, I wonder... I, I wonder thought that was I cool. I think they that look they're... awesome. I wonder if I can find a prop replica of that, like, but they're just, like, sunglasses. Like, how cool would that be, actually? I would totally have a pair of those. That'd, that'd be really cool. I'll put it on your Christmas list, uh, Mark, if I ever get money. <laughs> Only what I read in the papers. 
Wow, he, he's it's, that's nice of them to give him a uh, uh, um, a paper subscription in this plastic prison. <laughs> so I'm actually curious. Just because you guys are a little bit more into the X lore, if you will, um, how do you feel mm -hmm. about how they kind of combine several different X Men villains into this? hybrid thing of William Stryker in this movie because in the I know in the comics like he's totally 100% I, like I don't mind it well I don't mind it simply because um the story of God loves man kills is wonderful but you are never going to have a comic book movie delve into the religious side of things so I think altering him to make him a military commander is fine um, I wasn't so much, you know, adding the role of him being the uh, the weapon project progenitor. Yeah. Uh, I really didn't like that amalgamation. But I think the the changes to Stryker in general from God Loves Man Kills into rather than a religious leader being a military one worked just fine. Yeah. I guess well so. said. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think most of the changes are for the... I wouldn't say better because I don't think the character's bad in its original iteration. But I think... You make a wonderful point that at this point in Hollywood, we were definitely not making an action movie against a religious past. You know right, I mean? yeah, no. Like, just not going to happen. We I probably wonder, still wouldn't do that. I don't know, man, because I'm thinking almost like, oh, man, could we do that now? Like, because we've come a long way, not just with, you know, the X-Men movies, but with the superhero genre in general, you know? I'm actually curious if we could I go I mean, that you route. could, but, but, but you got to understand... Disney would never take on that controversy because they're they are a hundred percent about avoiding controversies. That's probably really true. Yeah, yeah. All about that bottom line. The, yep. Oh, the wars. Begun. You don't want to alienate. Uh, you don't want to alienate people with money. <laughs> Acting. <laughs> I love the. I love that little bit there. Just Scott. You should have killed me when you had the chance. Acting. I love it. Get him, Scott. Get him. Use your laser eyes. Oh, you're gonna want to use your laser eyes on her. So, there was actually a much more extensive fight scene shot here between the two of them, where he picked up the plastic. Um, uh, billy clubs from the guards and fought her with them. Oh, we had to cut oh, that. Really? I thought, yeah, I we, thought that would have been really cool to see. We had to cut that. Yeah, because it would have given Cyclops literally anything to do over three movies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this this sequence is probably really fucking amazing because uh, you know it's it's also interesting because we didn't have like a lot of uh, home invasion kind of scenarios in these comic book movies. I think the closest we had and was so far was maybe batman forever when the riddler and two-face fucking storm wayne manor and as you know forever batman forever not a great movie this movie on the other hand does the home invasion shit kind of fucking cool because this this is the other really i think really great sequence in this movie oh shit dude Tranking them left and right. Kitty Pride, yeah. Yup, love it, love it. I love how she actually goes through the one dude. Love it, man. That's fucking cool. 
hell, what's up? Look out behind you! <laughs> He's, he says bub. <laughs> yeah, man. It's not an X-Men movie until he, Wolverine gets to say bub. I always like the detail of them showing the um, of the claw marks in the fridge. Oh, I remember no. at the time we were like, whoa, that's so sick. Right? Because it's like a, finally we get to see a little insight about how Wolverine's powers would actually interact in real life. Oh, that's schnick, man. There it is. Oh, I love that shit, dude. <laughs> uh, apparently, they had that a little more brutal in some of the international uh, cuts that uh, they just had to tone down a little bit because they wanted to keep the PG-13 rating in America. Oh, the MPAA can suck my adamantium claws yeah like i know it wasn't it was like part of the theatrical release uh, in brazil and some other places so oh here it is colossal oh fuck yes. yeah fuck yeah that was so that's such, such a cool moment man boom berserker <laughs> Too bad we couldn't have, like, the blood splattering across the It's funny to see this, see. this sequence is all pretty well done, too, for a guy who had never really done action. Yeah. No, yeah. for real, man. Like, and plus, I really... Like, I want to know who the choreographer was for both this sequence and the opening one. Because oh. I think both of those were pretty impressive. Yeah, for real, dude. Especially for, for the times, man. Because remember, remember, this is all before even Spider-Man 2 and Batman Begins when we could have, like some seriously earnest superhero films uh so this was all kind of like a novelty at the time and these sequences were amazing i really do love the, how these all these kids are just just shit out of luck in their jammies and colossal's the one to get a, get them out of there Sorry, po sorry, we don't have enough screen time because those colossal, uh, colossal. Well, but that is super... completely the right call to make. It's like he it is, is the one other person he has confidence in. Like you send him to protect them. It is, but at the same time, I also feel like the, um, everyone in the background, especially like Brian Singer, like, eh, that's that colossal CG effect that can get really expensive really fast. So we're just gonna have you take yeah. the kids away now. Oh, dude, this shit is fucking brutal. Dude, can you imagine, like, because, uh, like I said, the closest we had, oh, there's the Dutch tilt, um, but uh, the closest we've ever had in, like, a superhero movie was maybe Batman Forever with a home invasion sequence. God, can you imagine what a home invasion military sequence is, uh, would be like in a movie nowadays in a superhero movie? God, that'd be a fucking intense. Oh, shit, here we go. Oh, my gosh. Everybody's got flashlights. I remember that this scene here was shown really, really early. I want to say it like 
not E3, but like one uh, one of the Comic Cons, and right. they, that clip was like one of the first things Brian Singer showed to audiences. Oh, dude, it was a yeah. super short teaser because again, it was early internet days. I always think about that shit too, about how differently movies were marketed. Yeah, where it'd be like, yo, here's a clip we just shot, and so they hadn't done the post work, so his claws weren't visible in any of the scenes. So it's just Hugh Jackman driving with his fists out over the balcony, and then he does the flip thing, and there's no claws in it. I mean, it's like funny in hindsight, but still pretty awesome. Oh, yeah, no, dude, for real. Even without the claws, I'll be like, dude, he looks like fucking Wolverine, man, and he's leaping off a balcony going berserker on all these fucking, you know, black ops dudes. That's fucking cool. And I remember that that all that image of him just jumping over the balcony like there were pictures of that everywhere in magazines when I was a kid when this movie came out. I uh you know just watching the claws retract a second ago I think one of the smart things these movies did were effectively to explain the physical end of his claws coming out. Yeah. Because in the <laughs> comics they always just sort of drew it coming out above his knuckles. Through those little, yeah. you know, if you look at his gloves, he had like the little portholes for them almost. Yeah. <laughs> I love the way they are here where it comes out between his knuckles. It makes so much more sense. Fun fact, actual wall of ice, 3,500 pounds. Good. Damn. God, that was actual ice? Dude, uh -huh. that is... That is so unnecessary. Because <laughs> you know how easy it would be to I make know, right? how easy it would be to make plastic and resin ice, man. Like, <laughs> oh, that's so that's so strange to me. You know, actually, you know what? I think I know the reason why they uh, he, they opted for real ice is because of this bit here, where he takes the grenade and sticks it in and blows it up, so that they right. actually <laughs> could blow up a thing of ice. Because practically, there's nothing. It it just it won't look right if it's resin. So yeah. actually, that's kind of cool. That's fucking. That's 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 pretty neat. Although I, now I forget what I was gonna say because there was something about Wolverine's adamantium claws that uh, I wanted to talk about, but I totally forgot. Um, <laughs> fuck. I hate it when this shit happens. But whatever. all right, everyone, the Mazda RX-8 product placement. With the special X rims made just for the movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also feel like the the uh, the front of it too has like the little uh, almost like teeth marks in the shape of an X. Oh, of course. You gotta really love how that that camera zooms in on that one random extra. Like it's like, is that supposed right? to be? Is that supposed to be someone? No, just a random extra. <laughs> I always hated this in uh, sync joke coming up. Oh, I hated that joke so bad. That's like one of the movies where I'm like, Ew. it was date. It felt dated in 2003. It did. Didn't, <laughs> it totally did. I remember, uh, you know, watching the DVD as a kid and, you know, even popping it in on reruns in like 2004, 2006 or whatever. And when that thing came on where he's like, oh, God, I don't like uncomfortable silences. And then this shit comes on. <laughs> see that that reaction that hugh jackman has is ex exactly what i felt like just uh <laughs> you gotta love how that was just like no 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 <laughs> you gotta love how that that x x phone <laughs> was 
cutting edge technology in 2003. And now we look at it now. Yeah. Like, what is this? What is this horseshit? Yeah. Oh, shit. This is actually a kind of a cool device where you, you don't understand the rudimentaries of it, but it's just so cool looking that it becomes like this thing to to pick an eye scanning door. Welcome, Professor. <laughs> He's in Cerebro. And now the lights come up real slowly and j the rave music and metal, heavy metal uh, sync comes up. and <laughs> I mean, if the floor down below is flat, that actually would be an amazing way to have a rave. Like a DJ suspended over you. Oh, dude, with the fucking like Cerebro helmet. That actually be fucking kind of cool. <laughs> hey, dude, check and out Hank, Hank McCoy. McCoy yeah. on the screen. Oh, that's probably shit. Rebecca Romaine's favorite day of shooting. Oh yeah, like I don't <laughs> yeah, have to no wear makeup, makeup or or normal makeup, I should say. Yeah, just like right. the minimum amount of makeup necessary. Although I do love the dress that they give her, like how it's supposed to like kind of look like her, her skin uh, <laughs> uh. i love that shot i love it just like the right. the, uh, from the glass through the glass table bottom of the glass like very cool yeah oh getting it on in a dirty so dirty this stall. bathroom set was actually a holdover from the first movie what really, really? oh from the scene the deleted cyclops scene uh-huh Oh, that makes sense, actually. That's awesome. I don't know why, but I always I wish laugh. that Cyclops <laughs> scene existed. Yeah, I know, dude, but I always laugh at that little <laughs> bit with where she talks about the Velcro. <laughs> oh, this is such a cool effect with the dress. Yeah. Also, can we, that's, I, I, you know. All I, right, injecting shampoo. <laughs> well, he'd be dead. Huh? Um, but I do like, that's an ingenious way to smuggle in uh, fucking metal to get Magneto out. And it also leads to one of the coolest deaths in this entire franchise, I think. Just fucking Magneto bloodbending. <laughs> so i'm actually curious this whole the the whole mind control thing with the the back of their neck 
Is that ever a thing in the comics? Because I don't remember that ever being in anywhere. Or is that just like a movie bullshit thing? I think it's just a movie bullshit thing. Okay. Yeah, seconding. Still, oh, this, this story about how Jason drove his mother insane to bore the images out of her head with a with a power drill like dude that's fucked up <laughs> it's actually kind of scarier hearing it just from brian cox and not doing like any kind of flashback stuff Yeah, it's not creepy at all. Uh, he's just like whispering things about Wolverine to her there, <laughs> probably. <laughs> uh oh, he found Cerebro. <laughs> And even if it did, he would probably ter get, like, these massive psychic seizures that could kill everybody. Oh, wait, because that happened. Okay, th this part is, like, legit one of the creepiest things I've seen. I looked back at the right time and it looked like uh, Jason had his hands on Xavier's legs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. We're just going to leave you two to talk together. Although I also really love the, uh, the, the sound effect of like the shit that's pumping through it, his, his spinal fluid and whatnot. It just it's like a weird Darth Vader kind of effect where it's just <laughs> yeah So I like the, that Bobby's uh, house doesn't really have any lights. <laughs> <laughs> the um the lighter that Pyro uses was intentionally like you, like that was an intentional choice with the shark teeth to reference Singer's love for jaws. Oh, okay. You know what? That, Interesting. Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense because I know he uh, did like a lot of exec producing on uh, House MD with Hugh Laurie, um, and I would always remember every episode ends with "That's some bad hat, Harry." <laughs> How does that thing work? I mean, did you see like any buttons or any interface or anything? Like, is it just like an on and off thing? No idea. Oh, uh, whatever. Don't you dare look back. Oh, you fucking creeper. <laughs> oh, this moment here I actually really fucking love with the uh, Wolverine and the cat. Yeah, uh, apparently that was uh, frozen iced tea they put on the end of the claws to get the cat to actually lick it. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, you know what that just makes me think of? Uh, fucking made me think of Sabretooth, which is weird because if you looked in uh, when they were at the museum at the beginning of the movie when Professor X kind of froze everyone, there was like a mention of uh, a Sabretooth in the exhibit. And I'm like, wait, why didn't they bring back, uh, uh, oh God, what was his name who played Sabretooth in the last one? 
Fuck, I, I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Do you, you guys uh, remember? I can, I don't remember the name, but I know why they didn't bring him back. Sabretooth and Toad were supposed to be in this initially. Oh yeah, it was Tyler But they Man. felt they already had too many characters going on, so they were like, yeah, we're just not going to do that. The X-Men really I are... think it's a smart idea. Yeah. The X-Men really are... There's a lot for... of shots underneath glass in this movie. There are, actually. Wolverine drinks Miller. <laughs> it's Miller time. Sl- bit here where it's like the cat and the cat just like (laughs) love you who the hell are you and why are you drinking my beer i love that like wolverine doesn't say anything he just keeps staring like Uh, hello also can someone close that fridge for real i'm stealing your beer (laughs) Ooh, professor now Seriously, can someone close that fridge, please? Like, bother me. (laughs) Oh, yeah, but this shit here, dude. This is actually kind of an ingenious way to smuggle in metal. Oh, yeah. Freaking brilliant. Scan him again. Scan him again. Scan him again or you're all doomed. You're all doomed. And you're dead. (laughs) Nope. You gotta also love how this uh, a little too much iron in your blood. <laughs> we also gotta love how this uh, this prison has like a plastic curtain even to be retracted for dramatic purposes. <laughs> no, something else that I can feel. One of my favorite lines in the whole movie. <laughs> it's funny when they nail floating effects like this dude dangling right now is awesome yeah, but right? what's really funny is when magneto flies in a minute and he's got the awkward arms crossed it's like the worst flight i've ever yeah. seen <laughs> oh, it's so and it's funny how cool. like in a span of like 30 seconds of screen time the quality changes drastically. <laughs> they, they they blew their budget too quick also, this is cool how you can see. And here comes the here comes the line. They did that special effect. I remember watching the corridor. Did I, you guys talk about how they did line. it? I don't remember the specifics, but how they did that incredible reflection on the ball. Yeah, was mm. kind of unheard of and a ton of work. It was. Oh, it's worth it though because it's cool. And I don't, dude, the way that it just falls away is so fucking cool. And then this shit here where they create a, a platform for him. Man, you know, for 2003, that's not bad. That really isn't. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're right there. <laughs> and I love him just like gleefully. So, yeah, chewing the scenery. Yeah, something that. I- yeah, something I love about this scene. They had uh, Ian McKellen actually come on to advise um, because they wanted this to mirror the kind of experience people dealt with, like, coming out as gay. So uh, so that's uh, what they really wanted to mirror this off of with him having to discuss being a mutant with his family. 
Oh, yeah, sure. So they had McKellen actually advise for the scene. Of course they would have had him do it, man. Because, uh, I mean, the X-Men is really just like one giant big old gay parody, or uh, parallel, rather. Uh, like, Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, look, the, the co- like, so many of the characters and the comics that Stan Lee created were created directly for social, in social commentary. Like, this stuff's messed up and we need to talk about it, but we're going to talk about it in a way that you can accept. <laughs> hmm I love how the cat immediately goes straight for the tea. <laughs> Which the I kid- think also probably explains that it was frozen iced tea on the claws. Yep, yep. <laughs> to get it to lick it. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a dick thing to say out loud, though. Pyro, though, is probably the biggest dick in this movie. Man, fuck Ronnie. (laughs) Right? Right, dude. Also, I like that they're watching a live stream of news on a computer, not a television. My God. So really, if anything, they just made this movie (laughs) (laughs) future-proofed. They totally did. Oh, my God. Yeah, man, this was long before even fucking YouTube was a thing, man. YouTube wasn't. Yeah, nobody was doing that. No three. Nope, nope, nope. They're just like, yeah, here's a screen prop. We'll just put some green over it and add it in post. Fix it in post. Oh, well. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, that worst adage of film. Fix it in post. Uh, no, 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 no. No, for real. Like, you do it in post. You do not fix it in post. And there's such a bitch to put on before a take. Oh, my God. I will never do another one of these damn movies. <laughs> I mean, hell, just even, like, the makeup for his hands, you know, to get that where he's it looks like he's always doing the, uh, the Vulcan salute. <laughs> Although, interesting fact, I think I remember reading, uh, this is a Nick magazine. Like, this is how long ago this was when I was reading Nick magazine. Uh, and I think there was an interview with a couple of the cast members, uh, and Alan Cummings re- uh, remembered how mu- just uh, reminisced how much he hated doing the makeup for this. Um, although he had a really interesting mm-hmm. story because uh, um, the uh, the fake nails that he wore on his hands, um, one of them followed him, him uh, home after a shoot, uh, and uh, his. His dog ate the, the the fake nail and then crapped it out oh later. Gosh. <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> oh man, isn't like uh, Hollywood makeup just fucking wild? You know, one day I'm I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> I, I can't you know Mark I really can't wait when your acting career really takes off and you become big and you get to like either suit up in a mocap suit or be you know subjected to five <laughs> hours of makeup. Like it's gonna be amazing. <laughs> I'm only, I'm only gonna wear mocap suits for the rest of my life. <laughs> well, they are snug, and that way green. everyone's always prepared. There's no fucking around with that. I'm like, look, here's my wardrobe. It's the most comfortable mocap suit I own. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, man! No, seriously, I can't. I honestly can't wait for that time. Hopefully, maybe I'll actually be working on that movie with you. Like that, that'd be fu- be kind of fucking cool. Or whatever project it may be. So they finally figure out how to work that thing. Um, okay. 
Oh, shit. I do like that shot where <laughs> he stops and you can see in the reflection the uh, the cops moving in. I can't, Oh, <laughs> this is another really great little bit here where he's like, put the knives down, sir. I can't. <laughs> God damn. Pump the hate breaks on the I mutants, this is a man. Fun, a clever little action scene. Dude, he just dropped him. For the love of God, like, is this what they... Tr you know what? In 2003, this sounds kind of right for... Uh, if you see a mutant on the streets, cops, fucking drop them immediately because they'll kill you. Although, uh... Pyro here is not making a good case for this. Yeah, he even fucking says it out loud. He's like, I'm the worst one of all of them out there. I'm going to, you really want fear? Here, take fear. I think it's funny that they like shot Wolverine instantly without doing anything, but a kid with a giant fireball, they didn't do anything. I know, it. right? Well, that well, it was that one guy though, and he was the first one he took out. So he he took out the the trigger happy guy first. That's a good point. Although, let's be honest, if uh, Wolverine was black, yeah, he wouldn't even asked. He would have just dropped him. Probably. Oh, Ooh. it's so awful. Oh, it's so awful. It's sad because it's true. Oh, I hate, I fucking hate it here in America. For any foreign listeners, please adopt me. Please. Oh, and hey, check it out. Rogue gets to actually do something cool with her powers in this movie. All right, this is the shot I thought was really cool where it just kind of flaps off and he wakes up. But it's really not that part. It's the part where he walks off the porch and the cop looks at him. He's like, motherfucker, I shot you in the face. <laughs> I shot you in the head, man. How? How? <laughs> that reminds me of that, that thing from Highlander. You know, in German, but I shot you. Whatever you say, you're the master race. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's what Magneto starts preaching in the next one. We are the cure. But right here, where he's like, they just make eye contact. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, man? Not going to lie, though. That whole, like, exchange between the parents and how they're like, can't you try not being a mutant? Like, can you just like not? It's it, we don't. Eh, we don't. It, that is so fucking accurate for a lot of people coming out. You know. Oh, they dropped the <laughs> Munich Circus, man. That's some good Easter egg shit. I love Easter eggs. So Mark also <laughs> love the way the light works in this scene, as dumb as that sounds. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Professor X is standing. He's so happy. He's standing. I've got my legs. New legs, Lieutenant Dane. Oh, it's not real. <laughs> 
So, uh, Mark, I'm actually really curious. So, who's your, like, who, because as you know, like, the roster constantly changes throughout these movies, but uh, who would you say is, like, the MVP of this this uh, uh, actual movie? Of, like, of X2? Yeah. Yeah. I think, honestly, I, I would almost tie it, but I think the MVP and the action in this is probably the cinematographer, but no. Uh, <laughs> I think Nightcrawler is going to win. Yeah, I think it's really going to be is. Nightcrawler and maybe Lady Deathstrike. You know, oh. I think the opening scene is so good that it's almost from a different movie. Not that this movie's bad, but it's just that opening sequence is just perfect in pacing. It's shot well. Everything about it is like lightning in a bottle. Yeah, you're kind of yeah, right. Yeah, uh, I mean, I kind of, uh, I kind of have to agree. Like, there's, you know, between we'd already had a lot of Wolverine action in the first movie, and while it's enjoyable here, it doesn't really do anything new with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, it was cool to see him run oh, around and. Also, I, I think you have to give an honorable mention to Mystique when she gets to go off. Oh, that's very true. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, and the damn sequence. That was that was cool. Man, mm-hmm. this movie was so influential. It like changed some of the games that came out after the fact. And they brought a lot of the cast members from this to reprise their voices in the X-Men Legends series. I remember the second one was... Um, you pretty much open the game in a level similar to the end of this movie, where oh, you cool. team up as the Brotherhood with the X Men. That's mm. fucking awesome. I actually really love this sequence because uh, I remember this used to be they played this sequence in the trailers a lot. Uh, Nightcrawler's uh, save scene here is yeah. so badass, and one of those cool. Little, it's honestly, it's one of those moments that the Marvel MCU filmmakers get right all the time. Like, there's a little (laughs) quick, barely a moment where you're like, oh shit, that was like a quick flex for him. And it's just such a cool and kind of cute almost scene, even though it's like, you know, Rogue's about to die. Yeah. Fun fact uh, Anna Paquin did the stunts herself. Oh, when she goes out. Oh, that's awesome. That's neat. I feel like you can tell too now uh that I think about it. Hey, check it out. It's the previews for Day After Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> seriously, though, this is, like, really fucking cool. Someone Although, really liked Twister. Yeah, for real. John DeBont. They had so have, many uh, more action scenes in this than the first. I know, right? Maybe maybe they did bring in John DeBont for this, but for, for a back one, doing, like, a, a, a guest director from tw- from the makers of Twister. Although, uh, one thing that I always question about this is, like, yeah, right. they're getting cover from uh, all these uh, these military planes and whatnot. What about all the people on the ground that are being just obliterated by twisters? <laughs> like, what, what about them, you know? Good call. I, I'm, I'm more concerned about, like, you think bailing out into a tornado is what's going to save you, pilot? No. That's a great point. <laughs> None of this makes sense, but who cares? Because this part right here is, like, as Mark said, fucking awesome. Because we get to see some Yo. power gauging. Oh, yeah, here we go. Jean Grey going to try to stop it. Oh, Famke. Yeah. <laughs> Woo, that's one. 
Come on. Pull out your Phoenix, man. Get it together, I, I think woman. it's funny that they're just like, they just kind of wait around. They're like, are you going to do anything, Gene? And then she doesn't. <laughs> there she goes. Oh, this is so cool. We're just Nightcrawler. Bamf. Where's the Bamf? There it is. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. When you get to have... Uh, and then they just hug on the floor while the ship goes down. <laughs> but uh, I, I love when superhero movies, they get creative with their superpowers. How they play off yeah. one another or how it's they're combined in a clever way to defeat a, a particular villain or problem. That's when superhero films you know, really shine. A situation like this, though, how bad would that suck if they actually crashed with Logan just sitting there knowing like... Oh, great. I get to watch them all die, and I'm going to live. You know, it should have been right then and there when the, the hull repaired itself. It's like, oh, it's Magneto. But no, right here. You have right. to catch him. You only notice on the rewatches. <laughs> I like that fun little tongue-in-cheek line because it's like so many of the X-Men who can fly in the comics are not flying in the movies. It's just like, it's a little, you know, it insidery is, joke. It is a little right. bit disappointing to see Rogue without the, the, the really hot, cute southern accent and the ability to fly in the super strength. Like, she literally gets like, just she's just left with the worst part of her powers in, in these movies, isn't she? I feel like it's more narratively interesting in certain regards. Yeah. I feel like if you had fully superpowered rogue from the jump, it would have been kind of like what she even got to worry about. She's sad. <laughs> that's very, that's very punch true, a Shug. wall. You can punch any wall. You got a point there, Shug. <laughs> uh, but no, you're actually, you're totally right. <laughs> Cause um, later on, uh, cause again, rogue is weirdly the best part of X-Men three. Because she's dealing with this, do I get the cure or not? You know? <laughs> this is a scene I feel like wouldn't make it into modern movies almost. Yeah, it is It is kind of a weird setting that, you know, hey, let's have a campfire, sing Kumbaya together while we dump exposition in the movie. Exactly. So is there like a tent that Magneto has with Mystique or something? Like, because all they have here is a fire and that's about it. There's a lot to be, uh, questions to be as asked As far here. as what do you mean? Well, well I mean, they're like, because so remember the I, last I, movie we had like, he, he, like uh, Magneto had like a straight up lair and shit and everything. Like, wouldn't they have gone back to that or maybe it was ransacked or something, but what, what are they, how are they living right now? Cause you know, we as human beings, we need shelter, we need food, we need supplies, but they're literally out in the middle of the fucking woods with nothing but a, 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 a fireplace and some logs. Like, oh, what's <laughs> going on here? So can, can I, can I throw out my favorite hot take that pisses everyone off? Oh, what? My gosh, 
now that we have Carol Danvers in the Marvel Universe, and I'm like, where's Rogue? Bring in Rogue right now. Hey, you know what? Since, uh, the, you know, we have all this Phase 4 slash 4.5 shit going on with the Marvel lineup, maybe we'll wind up getting, you know, the X-Men universe merging and Captain Marvel can hang out. Right, but I'm just like, I'm like, it's like, no, oh, no, no. I'm like, depower her. Like, take her out and get them powers, Rogue. I want it. All right, well, who knows? It's it's a crazy time to be a nerd these days with, all, especially a Marvel nerd, because there's, it's nuts how much we're getting. It really is. We're getting a fucking... Right, I, I have like, I have, I have like just like the worst hot take. Like, hey, you know that character that was awesome like 20 years back? Yeah, the actress is the perfect age for it now. So have her come back, depower that bitch, and let's go. <laughs> Are you listening, Disney? Are you listening? Because... <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 just nuts. no. They shut off. They've they've unsubscribed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like I lose uh, a couple of subscribers instead of gain every time I do one of these goddamn episodes. Because <laughs> we have we just have like the weirdest hey. hot takes, don't we? Everyone's allowed to have their personal takes. I've always been like, look, when it comes to Marvel, I've always been a much bigger X Men fan. So it's like I want that Rogue, and now you've actually set up the character she steals her powers from. Give it to me. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, man, if we're getting, if they're yeah, crazy I'd be enough, okay with them destroying uh, yeah, go, Carol Danvers in the, her current iteration in the MCU. Anyway, because <laughs> <laughs> she's honestly, like the least likable Marvel lead character. It's so weird because all of the characters in the whole franchise are like the most likable people. So then when I watch Captain Marvel, I'm like. God, would Rogue seriously strip you of everything of your essence? That would be amazing right now. You deserve it so bad. But and and, and it's oh, I think one of the things that drives me nuts is like there are so many amazing strong women characters in Marvel films that I'm like, why can't that one have their own movie? Mm, that's like a good, a, yeah. any of the women in Black Panther, I will take a movie of them right now. Yeah, give me the Okoye film. Oh hell right? yes, give me a mini series for Okoye. Uh, but you know what? Maybe one day we will get those eventually down the line because if they're fucking ballsy and crazy enough to give us a Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special, we're probably gonna get something like that down the line. <laughs> it may not be like its own thing. But it might be buried in another movie. Like, you know, we had uh, for, like, Iron Man 2, it was basically, you know, a the subplot was basically uh, a demon in a bottle storyline. So it's there, but it's not, like, the focus. Right, yeah. um, so maybe we'll get that in one of the future properties down the line. Who knows? Because it's crazy. By the way, am I the only person who feels like this didn't really fit Wolverine's character? Uh, actually, the part where, uh, cause, uh, like, you know, obviously this is supposed to be Mystique and whatnot. Um, but when he changed, cha she changed. No, no, it is, and, it, and, and it's revealed. But what I mean is, it's like, is he really the kind of guy to turn her down? Right. Yeah, I don't think so. And I, I honestly think that should he always should have been like. Hmm. They, but they were so, right? like... they were so obsessed with Wolverine being a sex symbol. That they literally ruined the arc of the Phoenix story because they were like, yeah, Scott's a sucker and Wolverine and Gene totally need to hook up. So they get the romance. So by the time you actually need to plan the Scott and Gene relationship, there is none. 
So right. when, when she turns into William Stryker, that should have been the point where he's like, yes, this is where I need to make out. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's like, I'm licking that ass. <laughs> like, it, it's funny because I'm going to use another X-Men meme to describe that scene where he's like, I want the, uh, that's not what I want with the Magneto, like, perfection meme. No, I prefer what I really want and changes into Stryker, perfection. <laughs> and they just start making out. Brian Coxon and Hugh Jackman start making out. Like that's the what was missing from this movie. Brian Cox as as Mystique <laughs> making out with Hugh Jackman. That would have been holy shit. That you all the nerd. That's jaws the outtake we deserve. <laughs> that all the nerd jaws would have just dropped. That, I, that's in the deleted scenes. That's in X2.5. X <laughs> oh yeah, when they had the director's cuts with points for some reason, with decimals, I, that made no fucking sense. Just release it as, uh, you know, extended cut or director's cut or whatever. Like, just, the, what, I don't know what it was with the point. I love that. There. I love this scene. Oh, the, the interaction between them where... We can yeah. have, uh, th yeah. yeah, this is actually really cool where it's like Pyro gets to stray away in, uh, to uh, a bad a bad mentor, per se. <laughs> and, he, and that's where he goes for pretty much the rest of the arc. He joins up with uh, the Brotherhood, man. And it's a really cool little arc, I'm not going to lie. I kinda, it's a dick thing, but it also shows exactly what happens when you know uh the wrong kid can get under the wrong influence oh this i thought was actually kind of diabolical what a right but what a perfect little him laughing at children being hurt just like such great characterization without really having to even say a line well, also the, the the line where he's like, Good "Look, I'm a, I'm a scientist, and if I've got a machine, I'll make sure it's working." He's literally got them as test subjects, which I'm like, "Damn, that is diabolical." Oh, and hey, check it out—it's early Iron Man uh, Hollow Tech. It's, cr <laughs> it's crazy how you know. I really want to know the earliest uh, um, use of that trope because it's not, now it's fucking everywhere. Uh, I mean, I, w I was watching uh, King Kong versus Godzilla not too long ago, and they, and for some reason humans have this hollow tech that they can do, you know, their exposition bullshit. And I get that it's visually interesting <laughs> and everything, and it easily explains what the characters need to do for the next sequence and whatnot. But, dude, where the hell are you getting this tech? <laughs> like, uh, uh, Stark Industries is not available in every single goddamn cinematic universe. <laughs> um, but I do want to know where the trope where the trope began. Is this one of the earliest tropes of the hollow, you know, uh, e the hologram exposition shit? Because I can't think of an earlier iteration. Uh, I, well, they were you they were doing some of it in Matrix, which was prior to this. So, I mean, it's been being used in movies for quite some time. I really want to know what's the earliest iteration of that trope because. I always find it's just a weird, interesting little arc. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? 
Knock, knock. Striker. <laughs> Striker. Open the door. That, it's funny. There's a lot of like little random character actors in this that I can't, I can't figure out if I like recognize them solely from this movie or if it's from other stuff that I'd seen them in. Well, I imagine, you know, after making the first X-Men movie, Brian Singer had a lot of favors to give. And here comes one of the most fun little action sequences in this whole movie. Oh, yeah, this is actually really fucking cool. This is Mystique's moment to shine. This, this really was kind of like the best uh, Mystique gets to show off in for quite a while, actually. I yeah. Think, uh, I think it wasn't until Jennifer Lawrence really got to go nuts with her uh this was kind of like peak mystique Ooh, i like how that that flows peak mystique oh it's so cool yeah get him this slide move too oh dude <laughs> yeah yeah oh the la the final fuck you <laughs> oh that's so cool can you imagine being brian cox and getting to do that bit just just for that little stand-in <laughs> oh that's fun you're gonna need a lot more <laughs> you're gonna need a lot of firepower for that shit <laughs> See, he passed it up. He could have known. Yeah. yeah, and I was just gonna say that joke would have actually landed harder if Wolverine had fucked her. Because <laughs> then Wolverine could have given the line. He's like, uh, "She's she's good," and he could have been the one to say, "You have no idea." Oh man, that would have been actually really fucking funny. Missed opportunity, you guys. Oh, shit here comes the spillway brace yourselves gentlemen you're about to get very very wet so one thing that the later marvel movies did that these movies didn't so much do is use you know popular music effectively mm-hmm like, I have always wanted a storm moment with, like, Thunderstruck. <laughs> oh, that'd be really fucking cool. <laughs> Although it's weird. We actually did get Thunderstruck in uh, Deadpool 2, though. Damn, it's kind of that kind of sucks that we could have had that, uh, you know, storm just kind of pop in there, like, all willy-nilly. Although, we did get a really good uh, uh, Brad Pitt cameo in that sequence. <laughs> that was actually really funny. <laughs> And this is also really, this is cool. Like, I know that's just 100% just, you know. Dude, this really little girl does seat. a great job with her performance. Yeah, yeah. Like, she, I mean, it, like, when she has to become all fearful, I mean, just, just outstanding work. Knock, knock. I was always a little bummed that we didn't get to see any of the uh, the fight starting here. You know what I mean? Oh, like the yeah. like they just enter the building, no problem. 
Yeah, I, they, they, it's like you, you see the terror on their faces and that just cuts past it all. I, I think it was just cut to maintain like the suspense with Mystique of, oh, did they get past them? Or, right. oh, did, like, I, so I kind of get it, but yeah, at oh, the I same bet time. They never, I bet they haven't even shot it, you know? Yeah. Save money and time, man, but, oh, would have been kind of cool to see all the X-Men working together in a team in like a wide shot, too. Like, can you imagine that? Like, all of them, like, flexing their powers in a long, wide shot <laughs> in slow-mo. Oh, yeah. straight up Zack snyder <laughs> Well, but, so, there was, one of the reasons there was a lot of stuff planned for this movie that didn't end up happening, um, the studio ended up cutting the budget by $15 million from 125 down to 110 Yeah, and that's why we didn't get the danger so, in this movie, too. Yeah, so I think that's there are a particular group of sequences where it's like even stuff that was filmed, you know, that might have looked good. It's like they had to take into account flow and continuity and time. You know, so. you know, I'm actually curious, like, because I know that they wanted the danger room in the first one. They didn't have the money for this one, and they just said the hell with it in the third one and beyond. Did they? Does the danger room ever come up in any of the X Men movies? I because I've I haven't seen yes. all of them, but yeah, it's in X three. Oh, is it an X3? Oh, my God. You're totally right. Yes. Yeah, so that, yeah there was uh, a little bit of the uh, the danger room in there. So it took three goddamn movies to get to the danger room. Oh, this shit's kind of cool. It's always funny to me because I imagine the danger room being like the holodeck. So to me, it's like the technology. I don't know why it would have cost so much because I just always assumed I'm like, all right, you're shooting on location. And then... And then the reveal happens, and you just either shoot them on a green screen on location as well as in a, the, whatever your fucking set is. Yeah. And I always thought it would be a way easier thing, and I think they were going to make it all, like, very look techy or some shit, which, I don't know, I always kind of felt like the whole point of the Danger Room was like, yeah, literally anything can happen here. It should almost be like a Mysterio uh, hallucination. Yeah, it should have <laughs> been, but... Mm. I get, again, I guess they were still kind of building up to it. Because remember, that was like 2007. That was the same year that Spider-Man 3 came out, man. We we still had a, a ways to go for comic book movies. Um, and The Dark Knight wouldn't be until the next year. Yeah. You know? So we, we were still kind of fighting that stigma that, oh, this shit's for fucking, you know, fat comic book geeks and kids, you know? Well, yeah, and that's just it. Like, uh, until they started really having massive successes, they played a lot of stuff safe. Yeah, for real, man. So I guess uh, that that's that's okay. But still, not gonna lie though, the 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 design of the headset that he when Patrick Stewart puts it on, man, that 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 that, ju that shit just does it for me. Am I right? <laughs> all right, now kill them all. Kill all the mutants. Oh, shit. Mind control. So I'm pretty sure this is the exact reason that... Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is the whole reason why Gene... Uh, kills off scott summers in the in, in the next one he's like this is because you attacked me oh 
Also, it's been a while since these two got to do anything, so let's give them well, let's have them save the children. Right. Oh, that's so cool though. How he comes out of the shadows. They've divided and now we conquer. <laughs> Dude, look at these sets. This is ridiculous. That that shit's real, man. Like they they get built a set. Yeah, uh in oh they this whole base was set up in an old Sears warehouse. Apparently it was the largest like shooting location at the time in America, and they still only ended up using about half the warehouse. God damn, cause that these are some massive fucking sets, dude. I love how right they got Cyclops' power, by the way. Oh, I know, They never right? have it be, like, explosive. It's always just yeah. pushing shit. Oh, shit. Long-range melee. That's Scott Summers. <laughs> For real. <laughs> oh, I, I thought that was really cool. Just the, the, the slight leak. It's crazy that they used the actual water from a leaking set and rewrote the script around it. Oh, did they? <laughs> no, I'm just being <laughs> Okay, because we have a lot of fun facts on this show. So, reflecting his light back into his eyes snapped him out of it, or... Uh, all right, whatever, I'll go with it. <laughs> well, because what they forgot to tell you is that Scott Summers is so strong-willed off-camera, he can be <laughs> mind-control through love. I think he just got hit hard enough in the head. Too bad. That makes sense. <laughs> too, too, bad. Uh, too bad he has a reputation of constantly being killed off-camera. <laughs> Because it doesn't, doesn't that happen like twice in these movies where he, uh, Cyclops is like just murdered off camera, or implied to be dead off camera or something? It just happens in the it just in X three. Well, I know they kind of also imply it like along with all the other X Men and Logan, <laughs> and I think, I think it, oh man, there's a, I think maybe in like a, a, what was it Apocalypse or something? One of the really bad ones. I heard something about it. I didn't actually see it, so I don't know. Oh, shit. Here we go. The origins. The the shit that we see 900 times in these fucking movies. Yes. Somewhere. However, this is where I... This is about to be where I get to tell the other really funny behind-the-scenes story. Oh, what's that? So, coming up... Uh, I'll wait till the scene, but you're gonna you'll, you'll lose your you're gonna lose your shit. I guarantee I dig, it. I dig the uh, the claw marks, man. The fucking claw marks on the, the wall. That's that's actually really fun. Oh cool. yeah. Uh, this looks familiar. Oh hey, check it out. Did you see the uh, the angel wings on there? Uh, one of the one of the other uh, skeleton the x-ray images you'll see uh angel wings and like that's a little uh easter egg for angel coming out which is yeah which they totally well, throw out well if they're doing it with adamantium that's archangel but 
Well, they totally kind of throw that out the window for continuity-wise in the third one, but whatever. It's still kind of a cool thing because, you know, again, these movies were made for kids and the fat comic book nerd. And, yeah, this <laughs> the, the little comic book nerd, who's the fat kid who saw this, uh, he was very happy. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Gee, I wonder who could have done this. Oh yeah, here we go. He's having his so, flashback. The the nude right. shot. So yeah, here here's here here's the fun part. When he came around the corner for one of those scenes where he's being filmed naked, there's Brian Singer's mob and most of the female crew with dollar bills to throw at him. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, That's great stuff. You know, that can, is the behind-the-scenes stuff you got in love. I, you know, I can just imagine oh, more bubbling shampoo. I love how much shampoo is used <laughs> in this movie. That's uh, that's some adamantium <laughs> soup right there. Uh, but no, yeah, you know, I can just imagine when you know, uh, fucking Hugh Jackman just rounds the corner with all those ladies, and and he just kind of looks at br like around, and he's like, "All right, who's the wise guy? Who's?" <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> this scene would never happen in a movie these days anywhere ever can you imagine the male protagonist beating up a woman and winning oh <laughs> uh, yeah although this shit right here with the nails and i'm not meaning cool. that to be like a negative commentary i'm not upset about it or anything like that or offended i just think it's no, funny but, to note. well but that's just it. i mean he does she is an established antagonist of his right from the comics so which sucks that what they really should have done is, like, make her a character. <laughs> right, For yeah. real. Like, <laughs> I mean, it, it's not hard to, to make the leap, you know, oh, she's that actual character and she volunteered for this because she wanted revenge on him. Right. Yeah, and it wouldn't, t like, you know what I mean? And maybe they just don't kill her at the end type of a thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, it'd be just enough that you could retell it. But instead they make her, like, another saber tooth in the last one because he, you know... Um, yeah, right. He didn't speak, or he. But they, did. they they needed to give a powered minion to Striker. So here you go. Right. Although this sequence where the CG where she heals and just kind of eyeballs, like this is actually legit cool. Especially the way she pulls. Oh God, that's Wolverine pulling out. <laughs> so wrong. Not gonna lie though, this fight is fucking cool. Even though it's a little bit corny by today's standard. Oh, I love that where she just like rapid claws at his back. That's fucking cool. Yep. Now I kind of, and I get that this movie needed to cut back in some of the ratings for because the MPA are a bunch of pussies. But I would have loved it for if there was like a lot more blood falling out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Not dead. I'm a bad boy. Can you tell by my slick back hair and my hoodie and my lighter bruh? <laughs> I'm the worst boy. <laughs> he really is kind of the worst boy, isn't he? Oh, that it's shit true. was cool. That was cool, where she just leaps out. 
Now, I, now, look, granted, I really wish they didn't kill her off because, like I said, it, it would have been nice to have her, for her to have, like, an actual character rather than just a meat puppet. But I will give them this. This death scene is really creative and kind of cool. Not going to lie. Oh, dude, and, and the, the sound design with it at the end there is oh, perfect. Yeah. It really is cool where she just, like, clunks at the end because she's completely filled up with metal. Yeah, and, like... like Exactly, like she she sounds like a chunk of metal hitting the bottom of the tank. So, it's yeah, awesome. so awesome. I hear. Thunk. Oh, that's so cool. That's cool. But yeah, as cool as cool as that death was, yeah, I'm still kind of with you, man. Like, really wish they gave her a little bit more of a character because Lady Deathstrike's kind of pimp in the comics. And I think that's the problem with a lot of uh, the X-Men, just the format itself, is because, you know, because there are so many characters and so many arcs to juggle, uh, it's really hard to do X-Men as a movie, but it's way easier to do it as a television oh, yeah. series. It, doing it as a television series well, is I, kind I, of the I, ideal way to do it for just with a huge plethora of characters and story arcs and all that sort of things. Well... I mean, I agree, but at the same time, it's a matter of you need to figure out what you're going to focus on. And I think the best thing they could do is, you know, find a period of the comics that they like and then generally work to adapt that into a working format for either a series of movies or a TV series. Yeah, it's just that TV is a little bit better suited for them just because you can spend more time with uh, certain characters, give them more moments, little arcs and... Uh, it, while enveloping yeah you know, but my my personal worry is that disney's not going to do hard rtv with a marvel product right yeah that's probably true maybe take that maybe i'll lend it over to amazon because i'm really loving what they're doing with the boys i don't know i'm reserving judgment for amazon to see what they do with the two other big franchises they got coming up that's fair i do like that moment where uh mystique is constantly shape-shifting that's a really cool effect yeah that was really cool and it's the same door man the sound design is a lot better than i remember actually because like the uh the the psychic at this point they were just making big budget movies yeah for real man but the, uh, the the psychic kind of they could of, get a little uh, more inventive. Uh, yeah, like the the the, the whole psychic kind of you know uh, noise in their head that's supposed to kill them. Like again, it's just that's just really fun sound design where you can have some creativity because you know they didn't know what the hell they're doing. There's, I mean, in the nine, in like most of the eighties and nineties, comic book movies are just seen as really stupid, low budget. Bullshit. And again, right, look at look at the girl right here. I mean, oh. such great acting. I wonder if she. I wonder if she actually grew up to be like a regular actress. I'm gonna look this shit up. <clears throat> no, it doesn't say. I don't think so. This is that great like that one time deal. That great little Magneto moment. Him tapping his helmet there, just like smug. Yeah, like, that's nope. actually really cool. That is really cool. I just want Magneto to ask everybody if they have too much iron in their blood repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
all right here this this whole this is actually kind of cool like you mentioned that the uh um the his flying sequence when he broke out of prison wasn't very good this isn't half bad actually no it's way better here it's yeah. literally it kind of cracks me up how much better this is although i still i'm not entirely sure how this works like by rearranging the panels uh it's going to target mutants instead of humans like isn't it just that sort of selection controlled by Xavier's brain? Like, how does that... How, I, I don't know. But movie bullshit, moving on. It's uh, what we called earlier. It's movie bullshit. <laughs> yeah, basically. And it looks well, see, cool. See, I think the normal Cerebro allows him to see... Every, like, the, the, the theory they're going with is normal Cerebro, he can access every mind... So they had to modify it so that he's only accessing certain minds so that the other ones don't die. Uh, Even better. So that's that's why they had they they that's why they use the panels as an explanation for like how do we specify that this is why it's only working on certain groups now? I got you. Okay. I can get into that. Fine. Destroy all humans. Hey, babe, you want to destroy all humans? <laughs> <laughs> all right, now's the perfect time to make out, <laughs> right? <laughs> How's it feel having my hooks penetrate you? Oh shit. Yeah, well, well it, it's it's really s shitty because this kind uh, you know, when we were watching uh, you know, when X-Men 2 came out, this kind of shit was actually kind of interesting and you're like, "Oh man, I would like to see an Wolverine Origins movie." Like the whole backstory and the whole 9 yards <laughs> where you get to see him fight from the Civil War to World War 1 and 2 in Vietnam. Like, oh, that'd be really interesting. We got that movie, and holy fuck, did it suck. Well, yeah, well so what I would actually like, um, I would like, I would have always have been a fan to see uh, him doing the clandestine work for Canada with Sabretooth and Maverick when they were on a team together doing Black Ops for Canada. There you go. Yeah, man, that'd be really kind of cool. But, no... It's really sad that X-Men Origins had that title sequence where it's him and Sabretooth fighting throughout all of America's wars from like 18, 1840s all the way to, to the 1970s. That sequence, that title sequence, that is by far the best sequence of the entire movie, and it should have been the entire movie. <laughs> that, it really, I really fucking hate it. That, the shit where he's got the claws coming at him, that's really fucking I don't know, man. I mean, it's not that far what you were doing to the kids earlier. I love how just, uh, I mean, but I love that, you know, they show just how quickly he tied him up. So that's like, yeah, that's a really lazy tie up. It's no surprise he gets out. Duh. 
I guess that kind of ties into you know having a stupid Wolverine, Mark. He may not be a, he may he may be pretty, but he at least he's stupid. <laughs> That's true. He's a himbo. <laughs> oh shit! Come on, dude. Come on, it's not that bad, for real. Although I do like the his reaction here. He's just like, impossible. But yeah, Mark, I'm sorry. I really like this version of Cerebro better because you can really feel the scale of it here on out. And the only in the earlier one, you could only fe uh, see so many people at one shot. You're you're right. I'm I'm not in entire disagreement. I just sort of like <laughs> you just think you'd have a map separate. You know, maybe it, maybe it it should work for different kinds of versions because as we saw in the first movie, um, he was just looking for rogues. So when it's like, you know, looking for an individual, uh, it yeah, it probably should work as like it's just like this mist sort of thing where it's just uh, only a couple of people because he's looking for one specific person. But when you do it on a mass scale like this, you kind of have to show like the entire globe and all the lights and all the people and whatnot. You're not wrong. Oh, this is yeah. By the way, though, how hilarious would it have been if, like, they teleported inside, like, into Jason, oh. into the mind control guy, just like splat. <laughs> like that's it. Like they get spliced and shit. Like, well, we saved the day, but damn. <laughs> I wonder if that's ever ha has that ever been like a thing with Nightcrawler in the comics where he accidentally teleports into a person and they get spliced. I, I mean, not that I've so. seen, but I wouldn't be surprised if they use it at some point. Yeah. Man, I feel like they're was... always warning us that that could happen, and then it never does. Man, I want to see that happen. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I read X-Men comics pretty consistently uh, until about roughly eight years ago, so mm -hmm. I'm not really up on what they've been doing since. Sure. Man, can you just imagine getting, like, David Cronenberg to direct that sequence? <laughs> can we just give David Cronenberg a, a superhero movie and see what happens? Uh, you know what? I don't think it would be any good, but by God, would it be interesting to watch. It's sort of like David, uh, what if David Lynch directed you know, Return you know of the Jedi? But, like, give him something that, like, fans want to see, but not too many people are, like, up on. Like, give him the max. Or Swamp like, have Thing. have image, give him the max, and see Dude, what happens. <laughs> can you imagine David Cronenberg does Swamp Thing? Yeah, I mean, that would that'd be a thing. <laughs> You really gotta love how compliant that uh, in these visions that uh, uh, Professor X is to be like, yes, I will kill all of the humans, even though that's fundamentally against everything that he's about. 
You know, you would think instead of that being storm, uh, um, or that being a uh, uh, storm is is making it cold for him, and not Iceman. I wonder if there was like an alternate cut where that <laughs> was actually Iceman. Hmm, yeah, I I don't think there was, and I only think that because they didn't really. He had no power, and they weren't making the movies based first on storytelling integrity but more on Halle Berry's famous we should listen to her yeah no that's yeah that's totally <laughs> what's the, the other thing because remember she just won I mean Oscar. they actually did yeah they actually beefed up her role a little bit because she had just won an Oscar <laughs> yeah so like uh you can do the Iceman scene okay yeah <laughs> for real although uh I am a it is kind of crazy that they just straight up leave him, <laughs> leave him there to die. Like just Jason sitting there like, Good. oh, fuck, no. I mean, he's been lobotomized at that point. So what kind of life could he have had? Right. Yeah, still. Quick in the Jeep. Oh, I forget how this. Oh, are they supposed to like try to close the door so the wa the water doesn't spill in? Come on! You gotta love how just uh, scratching it with the claws automatically closes the door and doesn't permanently lock it uh, and keep it open. <laughs> That's the best part of movies. Oh, yeah, for real, man. Sometimes you... Some, bullshit in movies is weirdly like glue. It just kind of... there's If there's just enough of it, it can hold it all together and make it work. If there's too much of it, then it's just going to be a giant <laughs> steaming pile, and it's just going to break apart like this dam is about to. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you got to love it when X-Men movies went on location and weren't completely limited to green screens. Yeah, because this was like actually right after uh, episode two um, when George Lucas started doing literally everything in a vacuum and all digitally. Because <laughs> I always think of like Re uh, Revenge of the Sith in episode two as important grand experiment in failures of visual effects where you should really never shoot that much on a green screen well i mean i i don't think the visual problems of episode two get looked at very often because of the writing problems of episode two that's very fair yeah oh Rogue. i counted there's not a sentence in that movie over 13 words Oh, That's man. hysterical. That's actually really fucking funny. <laughs> we'll get you on board first. Although, I do, do you really gotta love how Rogue I, was piloting the X-Jet? It's, it's like that moment in uh, Justice League Unlimited where Flash is like, Flash, take the take the, uh, the control of the jet. He's like, take control, Flash. Does anyone ask me how it works? Of course not. And just proceeds to press buttons <laughs> it's all good it's all good 
And once again, tongue, uh, weird mutant tongue kid gets more screen time than Gambit ever really did. <laughs> That's all you really needed was tongue kid. He could have <laughs> saved the whole movie. <laughs> Take your stupid dog tags. I don't want to be Canadian anymore. <laughs> Which is fun, so funny because Hugh Jackman's Australian. That's his arc, kids. That's it. That's the arc of that one fucking kid. Oh, my God. He goes from sticking his tongue out to a girl who's looking at him weird and eating ice cream to, to uh, giving the, basically the tongue equivalent of the bird to, to the villain of the movie. Well-played, screenwriters. Well, speaking of screenwriters, did you know that this is the only X-Men movie that Michael Dougherty worked on? Hmm. Yeah, because I don't, I don't know if you guys know, but I'm actually kind of a weird uh, fan of Michael Dougherty. He's the dude who uh, made Trick or Treat, Krampus. Uh, he also did uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Um, so, yeah, and he, 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 didn't, he worked on uh, the script for X2 as well. Like, he was one of the, uh, the last rewrites to do it. And in a weird way, I can kind of see he's the reason why this movie was such as good as it was. Fair. Oh shit. We get into early glimpse into the Phoenix. Man, I really wonder if that was uh show me your wet Phoenix. <laughs> I really wonder if that dam breaking was a was actually a model. Cause I bet see, it is. It probably mm. was. Uh, I think it was actually. I just I just miss really good model work in movies nowadays because it, it's almost never done anymore, especially in big you know Hollywood tentpole movies like this. Hmm. If they need external power, like, dude, you have Storm here. Just have her uh, lightning strike the thing to jumpstart the thing. <laughs> so now the engines work because she's remotely controlling it? This part I always like was a little confused on how this all worked. Oh, oh, th th this ending is definitely like the height of movie bullshit. Although I will admit the way he, Brian Cox goes out is kind of cool. So she wasn't able to stop a one missile. Uh, earlier in the movie, but now she's able to stop a goddamn tidal wave 
and lift the ship out no, of the no, way. No, no, she was able to stop one missile, not two missiles. That was. <laughs> oh my god, I'm sorry. This is just one missile is theoretically possible. Two missiles is crazy. Also, she's even blocking Nightcrawler's ability to to teleport. Like, dude, what? Where did this? Where was your superpower the, uh, like five minutes ago? And she's taking over Xavier's mind all at once. Xavier's man. mind. <laughs> Xavier's mind taking over Nightcrawler's ability to teleport, holding back a tidal wave, driving the X jet all at once. Like, okay, w wait a second. Hold on. Hold on. Like, I get that, you know, this is basically her, you know, starting the Phoenix shit here. Like, as you can see, with, like, the weird flame effects. I get that. But where was any of this earlier, though? Where was there any hint that this could happen? Because I get it. They want, you know, yeah. they want to kill her off for emotional effect and, you know, to resurrect her for, to do the Phoenix saga. Like, I get where they're going with it. But uh, I'm sorry. It's just a little, and no. <laughs> also, you gotta really love uh, um, James Marsden's acting. <laughs> give a give the kid a moment <laughs> to really act. You now, when the day you get to have your uh, uh, like a hardcore, like intense crying scene, Mark, I cannot wait to just be on set and just. Watch gleefully in the corner. <laughs> Tim, Tim. What? You should be the guy spraying him with the shit that makes him cry. Uh, I'll bring a, a, that's a thing a, of... That's what we need. Uh, I'll, I'll bring some, uh, a little bit of... Salt uh, water. Onion or onion juice. <laughs> onion juice, one of my favorite products. Oh, yeah. Good on the skin. Horrible in the eyes. <laughs> and now the lake is a bigger lake now, I guess. Yeah, that whole thing where the entire human race was attacked psychically by an unknown po force. Like, yeah, you would think they would have uh, um, addressed this a little bit sooner. But There's no time are. for that, man. I guess that's true. We gotta wait until we gotta wait until the morning to report to address this because ratings, right? Well, I think it's more a matter of you need to consult with everyone and figure out what happened as best you could. Mm-hmm. Although, how did they figure out? Like, how would they have been able to trace the uh, um, the origin to that to mutants? I guess it's probably because the mutants could only be the perpetrator, which. As uh, uh, prof as a big a profiling issue that is, they're right. <laughs> Let's be honest. Like an attack like that, of course it was mutants. I do like. So I would be really curious guy? that there's another scene <laughs> like this to see if any of these extras were reused in the museum. Oh yeah, that's like, true. I'd be really curious. You know, I'm sorry. I hate like every time they cut to that one dude applying the lip balm, it just takes the intimidation <laughs> factor out of this scene tenfold. 
Also, speaking of intimidating, uh, if you're here to present a message of peace, are you going to do it in the dark in a bleak thunderstorm? <laughs> Along with the dude that tried to kill him. What kind of... I, I honestly think that uh, Professor Xavier here just really sucks at diplomacy, <laughs> which is why there's constantly a big conflicts going on in these movies. <laughs> Professor Xavier, he's got great intentions. Horrible, horrible... Uh, uh, just a uh, presentation. <laughs> Easter egg with kitty pride. Kind of wish we had more. more uh, is it weird that I kind of want more X-Men in, in this movie? Just uh, like in more individual characters, that is. Uh, yeah, just a little bit, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to get a lot more in the next one. Yeah, I think it'll be. I, I'll be curious to see how they handle that in the future. I'm excited, though. Mm hmm. You still going to, like, push that hashtag of ugly Wolverine? Wolverine, ugly Wolverine, get it trending. <laughs> Although, weirdly <laughs> enough, if uh, especially if they do it in uh, literally the next five years, which I sincerely doubt, I will be more than happy to have Professor Xavier return, uh, or Patrick Stewart re return as Professor X. You know, he might be too tall for it, but you know who I think could uh, probably do a really good Wolverine? Who? I'm curious to hear. Um, uh, Josh Gad. Huh. Well, if Josh Gad's up for it, I've already got the facial hair, so if you're taking fat dudes, I'm on. <laughs> well, hey, look, all I'm saying is, if they can get freaking um, what's-his-face into shape... Um, Oh, like Chris Pratt? They got Chris Pratt into shape. If they got Chris Pratt into shape, I mean, you can get anyone into shape. Give them six months. Yeah, that's fair. That's why I get, hired a trainer recently. Get, get a trainer uh, and a I mean, nutritionist. Look at, the look at the machinist and then look at Batman. All right? right? Yeah, that's true. Like, Very true. It, it can be done. <laughs> Who would you have, uh, though, in, in like future? Because it's probably going to be for not for like another six or seven years before we get an X-Men uh, uh, in, like, the MCU or whatnot. But when the time comes, who would you actually put as uh, uh, Charles Xavier? Because that's a really hard cast, because Patrick Stewart is beyond fucking perfect as uh, as Charles. And I can't, I can't really think of anyone off the top of my head who I would recast as Professor Xavier. I mean, depending I on how it, a lot of it comes down to how main of a character do they want Xavier to be in these? Is Xavier just going to be the guy they talk about in the background? Because if that's the case, they should just make Xavier never played by an actor. He should just be like the silhouette of like Jack Kirby or some shit like that. <laughs> uh, and then that way you don't ever have to worry about casting him again. Um, depending on the I've time, a, I don't hate a, James McAvoy right now. That wouldn't be bad. You know? yeah, uh, if, but I mean, I, I don't mind him in the role if they're if they're gonna go with a younger version. However, if you want to go older, here's yeah. my hot take: Stanley Tucci. 
Oh, that would Ooh. fucking rule, dude. Ooh, actually, that's uh, that's a pretty good one. Not gonna lie, Stanley too. I like along those lines, and he looks sort of similar. How about Mark Strong? Oh, that's not a bad choice either. Man, oh, dude, the, the, the casting possibilities for just future Marvel endeavors because it's gonna be to the point where literally you could throw a rock at any actor um, in Hollywood. And they'll be involved somehow with the Marvel Cinematic Universe in some way. <laughs> right. I, mean, I just found, uh, did you guys see the Loki trailer that dropped not long ago? That And now Owen Wilson is in these damn things. Right. <laughs> yeah, for real. It's like there's literally uh. got every single actor in Hollywood at one point or another is going to be in a goddamn Marvel movie, I swear. If they can get Werner Herzog in Star Wars, who can't Marvel get? For real. <laughs> uh. now we have gene gray repeating the the lines of the first film mutation Not gonna these lie, are the though. voyages of the starship enterprise <laughs> <laughs> where no man has where no mutant has gone before not gonna lie though that the way it cuts off like that with the uh, the the waves underneath or above or whatever it was, it's kind of a cool thing, especially in 2003 when you know you're a nerd sitting there in the theater and that shit happens. And there's the also the yeah, like I, I think that's one of the reasons that I ended up so disappointed later is like the first two of these movies were so good, and then to be delivered that third one, you're just <laughs> yeah. like, oh. Yeah, aww. <laughs> but hey, man, this movie's still fucking cool. Even the even the musical score that they had from the first one come over in the 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 X Men March here, still not bad. But otherwise, how'd you how this the movie score in this one was a lot better than the first one for sure. Oh yeah, dude, uh, this one's just a lot, uh, just like a huge step up and improvement. Uh, plus, they were like, hey, that first one did fairly well. We don't have to make our comic book movie 90 minutes long. Let's actually do a two-hour endeavor on this, yeah. um, which was really well, nice. Well, again, the, the, what you're supposed to do with a sequel is, you know, you think about the first one, and you build on it, and it's like you give people more of it uh, while also kind of broadening it. That's a good way to be for a sequel. And I think too often you end up in situations where they're like, they either try to do the exact same thing or they try to go too off the rails. And it's like, no, 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 you have a framework. Mm -hmm. You build on that framework. You don't got to reinvent the framework. And you also don't build so much that you crush the framework. Yes. Very astute. You got to remain grounded, not just to what, um, what uh, uh, you as a creator are limited to, but what you have previously presented yeah but otherwise huh, huh, like apart and, you know i mean yes. that, that yes i would say like you know things that they definitely shied away from at this point though because of oh we're making comic book movies and we have to see if this is gonna work that obviously they can get away with now like i love the fact that you get the colorful costumes and stuff now in the marvel cinematic universe I mean, Lord, I would have loved to have seen, you know, the uh, 
the blue and gold costumes. But right. I understand why that was not going to be viable for going for trying to do something like this at the time. Mm-hmm. They were still making those All baby steps, s- fitting in, <laughs> even though those things did not fit well with the actors. <laughs> uh, but yeah man how does this movie hold up like all these years later especially for you two x fans who literally saw this in the theater and felt the hype as it came out i loved it still i mean i think it still works i actually think this movie holds up better for me than uh sam Raimi spider-man 2 whoa really I, uh, mm. Yeah, I, wow. honestly, um, I, I I think I would have to agree. Don't be wrong. I still love Spider-Man 2, but I I would almost argue that for straight sequels, um, this, uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, I think the only other, like, second movie, in my opinion, that Marvel's done uh, that really holds, holds up as time keeps going on um, is Winter Soldier. Not to say the other ones are bad, but I'm like, if you want to talk about high watermarks... I agree. Second Captain America, second second X-Men, second original Spider-Man. Like, I, those are really high watermarks for, for Marvel sequels. Oh, totally, Totally dude. agree with that, dude. And you know what's it's so Totally agree with that. It's so fucking funny because, you know, on our first couple episodes, like, hey, Mark, what's your favorite um, Marvel movie in the MCU? Uh, and you, may, you said straight up, Captain America, Winter Soldier... And then we're like, okay, well, we're going to go one outside the MCU. What's one of my, my favorite non-MCU movies? Spider-Man 2. How fucking funny is that? Yeah. Great minds think well, like, I, the fuck I, I have, ha- I, Yeah. Well, I've had to fight with people because, don't get me wrong, I mean, obviously, I love Marvel movies. Like, you know, True Believer. Uh, I, I've told Tim this before, but, like, my friends got to pick my Xbox name. They made my Xbox name a fanboy. I'm that guy. So I, while I love the MCU, I've argued with people and stood my ground and been able to make my point where it's like, look, I'm sorry, but Winter Soldier takes phase two. It just does. Yeah. Like, you may enjoy yeah. Guardians, but like what Winter Soldier does and how it takes everything to a different level and expands on things and actually deepens the lore and moves things in different directions while doing it effectively, comprehensively, and with an awesome story, you can't touch that. Yeah, no, for real. Honestly, Winter Soldier is probably aged by far the best, especially not just uh, in what the uh, the pantheon of movies that they've released, but just in Phase 2 in general, because, you know, oh, Guardians was so good. Co- yeah, Guardian, uh, Guardians has a closer place in my heart, really. Um, but Winter Soldier is just obviously a little bit better, you know, in that regard. Uh, but as far as the X-Men movies go, where does this one kind of rank with you? Because this one's definitely probably number three out of all of them that I've seen. What? Yeah, yeah you, that's well, crazy. This is number one for me. Yeah, really? exactly. This is number one. What do you put above my? This? If I was going to give you guys my top three, it'd be X2, First Class, and X1. You know, I, I would agree with you. That's definitely my top three. I don't know. I might transpose the... Two and three, the, I figured. The, yeah, yeah. Uh, but beyond that, like, I have the exact same top three. I, yeah, I... The only reason... If, well, you know what? I probably actually... Upon, like, thinking back of all my X-Men movies as I, like, you know, mentally go back through all the files, uh, 
I'm probably going to say, you know, uh, this one is number two for me and Logan is number one. But that's just because I'm a much bigger cinephile than I am an X-Men fan. So to me, that just that that's just how my mind works. Like, because Logan is well, a lot more. I, mean, I, I will say this. Yeah. I have been burned so much by what they have done with the X-Men in cinema that a lot of times, like, there's definitely someone I haven't even bothered going to the theater for. So well, that should tell you something. Like, someone who grew right. up loving the comics. Like, I literally spent my, you know, my pre-driving early teen years saving up money from doing chores and allowances to go buy X-Men first appearances. Yeah. Like, I'm a huge X-Men fan. And for them to handle it so poorly that someone like me is like, I don't even care to see it in the theater anymore. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah. I, well, I certainly felt that way when... Uh, the reviews came out for Origins, like, yikes. I mean, I saw some of them, and I'm like, oh, maybe I should skip this one, because uh, I think that came out just a couple of years after uh, I saw Spider-Man 3 in the theater, because I was so pumped, like, oh, Spider-Man 2 was amazing. Spider-Man 3 is coming out. Oh, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. I walked out of the theater. I literally turned to my mom, because I was in, like, uh, uh, middle school at that time, and I literally turned to my mom after mm -hmm. walking out of that movie. I'm like, yo, ma, that sucked. Like, straight up, just like, that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first time I was properly disappointed at a mo uh, at the movie theater. Um, so, yeah, it, it, uh, it's, it's a little bit different. But then again, like I said, I'm just not as big of an X-Men fan as you two are. So, yeah. But I can totally see why this would be, like, the peak of x-men movies for you guys yeah well and 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 again i think it's a lot of it is subjective to time um had i, I mean i obviously i really love comics but had i first been getting into comics you know a decade later than when i was um i love the ultimate comic uh line and all that stuff but that probably would have been my go-to and you know my real like connection thing Whereas because of the time when I was getting into comics, it really was like that amazing time where you had, you know, X-Men and Uncanny X-Men and X-Force happening, you know, all those wonderful books at just the right time with these very colorful, creative characters and stories written that were just very complex and deep characterization. So it's like, that's why I ended up with such a love for this particular comic franchise. And thankfully because of the success of things like the the cartoon show and comics and stuff we got movies like this to kind of help kick things off and i'm so glad yeah yeah good shit man well said um mark is there anything you want to add uh, after seeing this and thinking about this in retrospect for for everyone i'll just say this as some of my closing thoughts on the show the, the reason this holds up better for me over Spider-Man 2 is that it overall captures the spirit better in a lot of regards. Spider-Man 2, I think, gets so much love because Alfred, Alfred Molina is, like, incredible in it. Yeah. But in my opinion, that's, like, the high point of the whole movie. I think most of the romance subplot sucks. I think there's a lot of bad yeah. in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies that were just kind of we gloss over because of nostalgia. Uh, yeah. To me, this one just sort of holds up better. It's like 
the tone is right. It feels way more like a modern movie, if that makes sense. Like, I would really wager that when they go back to the the proverbial block at the Marvel Studios, at least in like 2008 when they were really gearing up, they were looking at movies like X-Men, X-Men 2. They were looking at Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2 and how the audience has reacted to it. But I just think this holds up so well. Like, there's, there, I guess my point about X2 is that it's like, maybe doesn't have quite as many highs as Spider-Man 2 does, right? Like, you don't... Brian Cox yeah. is close, but if I gave Alfred Molina a 10, I'd give Brian Cox a 9, right? Yeah. So, but it's like, you, because... You know, go ahead. No, like, I, I agree with you. And I think one of the reasons you have some of those problems, though, is that you're not going to really have with X-Men movies is because, uh, unlike some of the other movies, they're not dealing with alter egos. So the same problem I have with a lot of the Spider-Man stuff is a, uh, is a problem I have with Batman stuff. Is you might have an actor who's great for Bruce Wayne, but not good for Batman. Exactly. You might have an actor who's great as Spider-Man, but not a great Peter Parker. Well said. Yeah, yeah for real, dude. Thank God we got that problem solved, though, with Spider-Man, with Tom Holland. Because he is compelling both in and out of the suit. Whereas... Okay, yeah, I, I will say he's the first person, I think, to nail both. I mean, I actually really liked uh, Garfield as um, Peter Parker, just not so much as Spider-Man. Oh, no, well, no, I had no, the no, kind no. of the opposite in a weird yeah, way. I had the opposite, too. Like, Tobey Maguire, great Peter Parker, really kind of meh as Spider-Man. And, you know, Garfield was like, he is a douchey <laughs> fucking Peter Parker, but holy fuck is he an awesome yeah, Spider-Man. Maybe, to be fair, I could be mixing it up because it's been a long time since I've revisited any of the Spider-Mans, but I definitely know I felt like neither one of them were good for both until Tom Holland. Like, totally. He's totally. finally the one who it's like, oh, I good, agree. we have one who can do it all. <laughs> totally, man. Yeah, I totally agree. Oh, man. That was a fun time, wasn't it? Man, Mark, I'm going to miss it because that's the other thing. After we did fucking Howard the Duck and Fant Four Stick, uh, I'm like, hey, Mark, I'm sorry. Uh, what movie do you want to do now? Like, is there what do you want to go out on? <laughs> and when you mentioned this, I'm like, oh, of course, that makes total sense. Like, this is peak X-Men. So, of course, he's going to go with this. But uh, do you yeah, I had time? to do at least one more. So I'm glad we could close it out on a, one of my favorites. Fuck yeah, dude. It's been awesome. Thanks for having me, boys. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh -huh. Hey, it's always a blast, man. And we'll... Uh, we'll uh, uh, awesome, also... yeah. No, I had fun, and I wish you both the best in the future. Sean, I bow in uh, recognition of your Marvel skills, and uh, I appreciate to hear what you guys come up next with. Oh, yeah. I, I look forward to uh, taking the torch, but remember, you're always welcome. Yeah, Absolutely. thanks, guys. And look, if you ever have any short-form content or anything like that, uh, I think that would be something I can easily, more oh, easily yeah, fit dude. into my schedule. But fuck we'll obviously yeah. talk off-air and uh, details. But thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Dude, it's been fucking real. Hey, I mean, this was this was your baby, and I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm never a guy to... to You're adopting the, the child. And, exactly. <laughs> I'm never go. the guy to not show respect and let the people people come back in so, yeah always. so we'll be back again uh but i love you guys i wish you the best i wish all the audience the best for real dude well, we'll prob we're probably not going to be back until uh we take our because we're going to be taking a bit of a hiatus later on later this season but we will be back again with this show with sean uh but that said i have been tim I've been Sean. And I've been Mark. And, and I've you... been missed by the audience. For real. <laughs>
You'll never have to watch a movie alone again. Peace.